What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony, Lori, and Mike, and we are discussing Invincible Episode 6. And this episode starts out very funny. We start out on a college campus. We have three girls who are coming home, looks like probably coming home from a party or heading to a party. They're walking around. They're a little bit drunk, tipsy, and they come across this guy who is like, this guy is like ultimate college white boy privilege entitled drunk. Frat boy. Yes, he's like the epitome of that frat boy stereotype. And it took everything in me to not want to punch him through the TV. Hey, Doug, Doug Cheston was hilarious. I thought he was he was incredibly, incredibly yeah. inappropriate. Me, not Doug Cheston. <laughs> motherfucking Doug was, Cheston. That's was, how he introduced himself. I'm motherfucking Doug Cheston. He was incredibly, incredibly inappropriate, incredibly straightforward. And he asked for exactly what he wanted. Outstandingly. <laughs> And they have the option of saying yes or no. But he has the option of not listening to them, which is basically <laughs> what he was inferring. Like, you see, you can say no, but I'm going to take it as maybe. Yeah, he's like... I mean, he didn't chase him. He, he didn't chase him. He, he didn't, he didn't chase, him. chase him, but he, he was just... Outstandingly inappropriate. <laughs> oh, my God. M- M- motherfucking Doug Cheston. Thought he was Stephon Curry taking a deep three, shooting his shot. And, man. And he missed. But he tried. Man. He literally man. tried for a three-pointer. Fun fact. Doug Cheston is, is voiced by Justin Roiland, who voices Rick and Morty from the from the show. You guessed it. Morty. Rick and okay. Morty. He has a he had a pretty yeah. nice voice too. He was singing. I wish you could. Oh, I wish I could see how I'm looking at Anthony right now. First of all, that was awesome. He's like drinking in the bushes. He's in the bushes. He's all like from jump. He's displaying creep behavior. What, what, is, what did they say? Why are you hiding in the bushes? He said, "I'm not hiding in the bushes." He's like, "I'm, I'm not." I'm not. I'm drinking in the book. Any, anyone who went to University of Georgia understands this guy right here. <laughs> we have, we have anybody who went to a university. Period. Right. Understands that. We have, we have met, we have met this guy. We have seen this guy. Period. We have hung out with this guy, and this guy is awesome. I'll, I'll go even, even better. Screw university. This is a community college type drunk guy. Man. Uh, no, community college is a different level. I mean, community college, you know, like he he probably would have just grabbed them. I mean, at least at least at university, he has to maintain his dad's name because his dad's on that. Wait a minute, that hall, since he couldn't figure out which hall that it was. <laughs> yeah, like so apparently <laughs> his dad owns Cheston Pharmaceuticals. And like um, half this university, as he tells the girls. So this is supposed to entice them like, yeah, oh, he's the big man on campus. Yeah, we're going to do whatever he wants. And it's so funny because when he says who his dad is and yeah, my dad owns like half the university. One of the girls says, "Um, wasn't your dad the one that hiked up prices on that baby medicine everyone needs? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just like 
Like, dude, this conversation is not. And he had no guilt about that either. He was like, totally, yeah, I'm gonna inherit all that shit soon because my dad's mad. Oh, (laughs) dude, just, just, (laughs) I'm cracking up because his dad's probably all of forty. So, (laughs) yeah, he's mad all day. He's like, he's like forty-eight. He's almost fifty. I I just start laughing. It was, it was, it was bad. Which means by his standards, we're all ancient. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to talk about it. Oh my goodness. But thankfully, like I said, I like this show. They paint the females with some sense. The females all walk away. They're like, oh my God, you are like such a creep. We don't want to talk to you. Like they, they walk past him shielding their eyes from him like they don't even want to look at him i'm like yes i like the women in this show (laughs) they take no shit i love it so as he's sitting there like a little bit indignant because the ladies don't want him and his huge whatever he was about to say he gets attacked from behind somebody injects something into his neck and little chester goes down and what happens is when he wakes up, he is in a, you want to think lab, but um, yeah, he, he, he's in a lab of some sort or he's somewhere of some sort. He's, he's kind of on a, a table and there's this guy in a surgical mask, covered up glasses, you know, looks like he's about to perform surgery. And he tells him, yeah, you know, don't worry about it. Just kind of chill out. You're about to go through a metamorphosis. And when you wake up, what was it that he said? He says, I will take you from being a useless boil <laughs> yeah. on the behind of this crooked world <laughs> to a brave explorer charting a shining future for all humanity. I was like, oh, you know, that was... That really was a perfect description of him. This whole, the whole first scene was a typical scary movie intro trope. Like you got the girls walking alone at dark in the dark on a, on a college campus, and then someone springs out from the bushes. They're like, ah! and it's just some some douchey guy who's like, yeah, come and get with me. And they're like, oh, no, thank you, go away, ew. And then no, no, forget you. And then he gets he gets either conked on the head or drugged from behind. And then he goes, he goes somewhere and next thing you know, he's on an operating table with Dr. Demento looking at him like, you will be my best subject. And it's like, it's really a, it really is a, like a horror, horror movie trope, but it was actually pretty well done. Especially when the light started, started moving back and forth and he saw all the failed experiments and he was like, what the hell? Then he saw his arm. He was like, ah, and it's like, it totally went into horror movie mode. That was pretty dope. Well, speaking of Dr. Demento, once again, I'm going to have to shout out the people who types the captions and tells us who tell us who the person is speaking to him. And and I think this is like maybe the fourth or fifth time we've been spoiled because of the yeah. captions. But you know, whatever. I mean, let's be yeah. okay. But let's let's be honest. The next time we see Da. Do you did you not think that you look at him you're like okay yeah he's a mad scientist but after all the shit that he was saying in that class you didn't think that he was going to be a mad scientist but that's not the point the point is i have seen shows where they put man on phone 
or man yeah. in background. They right. didn't have to right. literally put <laughs> the character's the character. name <laughs> on there. Right. But right. it's right. obvious as him. And because it, it, I mean, Ezra Miller, who who cannot, who, Ezra who Miller, shut that out. Voice. I'm just saying, how, how do you not know that's Ezra Miller? We know it's, but I'm just saying, don't spoil it. And why, so why, does, why, why was it Ezra Miller who's like in his late 20s, early 30s? And the guy looks like he's like, he's, he's, in, his, he's in his early 40s. Like he looks way too old to be in a college class, classroom if he's not teaching. Like for real. I mean, well, you know, being a mad scientist ages you. I guess. You know. So he was a mad scientist from yeah, age three. You, you stay up late plotting ways to take over the world and create your monsters, and you're 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 probably dipping into the sauce trying to test your experiments. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it, it's aging people a little bit. But no, on another thing. So one of the things about Amazon Prime when you're watching the series, they have this option called an X-ray option. So what you can do is you can pause it, and it'll give you a synopsis of who's on the screen. So it tells you who the actor is and what character they're playing. So in this particular scene, for the x-ray, they also have general trivia. And the general trivia says, Doug Cheston is voiced by Justin Rowland, co-creator of Rick and Morty. He does all his own burps. (laughs) And I just thought that was so funny because I've never seen... Like anything that I've watched on Amazon Prime, I've never seen like the general trivia button pop up because I don't use the x-ray option very often. I do use it for this show because again, I don't usually watch a lot of anime. So when I hear the voices, I'm like, oh wait, I know who that person is because this particular show uses a lot of, you know, voice talent that are in regular movies. Usually with a lot of anime, most of the people they're really known strictly for anime or animation. So you don't really see their faces. You know the voices, but you don't see the faces. But this one, like you said, for D.A. Sinclair, it's like, I know that voice. So I just happened to look, and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. So y'all wanted to tell us about this guy doing his burps. That's cool. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's just one of those funny things. But um. Yeah, so like like Mike says, um, as as the mystery person, and I'm saying this in quotes because we already know who this is because they literally put his whole name in the captions. But Cheston kind of, you know, he looks down at his arm and he, he has like a robotic arm or you know something coming out of his arm, like. I'm just trying to figure out like, so whatever they injected him with, did it actually change his bones into this? Or did they actually do some surgery while he was out? And if so, what the hell kind of anesthetic did they give him that they could do that kind of surgery in such a short amount of time? That's some good shit. That's some really good shit. (laughs) And then (laughs) the, the quote unquote mystery doctor has the nerve to say, no histrionics, please, or else I'll be forced to. And then he starts slicing into him. And it's just kind of what he does is he cuts his vocal cords. And he says, I think we'll all agree that you're much better without those vocal cords. So apparently this doctor is not a fan of his, his pickup lines, his game, whatever you want to call what he overheard in the courtyard. But you know, this, this dude is kind of, 
it's funny because he tells him, he says, oh yeah, when I'm done with you, you're going to be, and then it, you know, it, it cuts to the title card that usually comes up whenever anybody mentions the word invincible. And for now, we kind of leave them to their devices because the show starts out post-title card with Monster Girl and Invincible being wheeled into the Pentagon. Oh, also Black Samson being wheeled into the Pentagon after the major ass whooping that they got in the last episode. And things don't look good. Like they look horrible. Monster Girl is like transforming in and out of her monster phase because like I think she's the worst off out of all of them um and as they're trying to they're trying to prep her for surgery she turns into the monster and then like everything just the like oh for for a cartoon this thing gets fairly nasty you know and then of course robot comes in he tells the doctors look I've studied monster girls physiology intensely like why are you studying her so much are you trying to figure out a way to cure her? Trying to find a way to get rid of her curse? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Well, like kind of creepy. And, you know, Robot is, yeah. He, again, he seems to have a weird kind of, I don't know. As the episodes go on, his vibe just gets stalkerish. It, it gets a little creepy. It gets a little, you know, again, we've had this speculation something about robot is not very robotic there's something about him he's very humane he has a lot of emotions and things that we would expect from a human so i think i, I think something's going on with him but anyway he tells the doctors he's like look i know how to fix her the doctors are telling him to get out and they actually call security. He was like, you can attempt to remove me. You may even succeed, but then she dies or you can assist me and we can save her life. Choose now. So he's basically saying, look, I can help y'all do your job or y'all can let her die on the table. That's going to be on y'all. And they opt to let him help. And it's probably a good thing too, because if he knows how to fix her, let him fix her. Y'all have two other patients who are very gravely injured that you also need to go tend to. But, you know, he starts telling them the different things that he's going to need for Monster Girl. And they're like, we don't have that here. He's like, go get it. Like, duh, go get this shit so we can fix her. But they're trying to, uh, looks like I'm, I'm looking at it in the background. They're def. Defibrillating. defibrillating yes i couldn't get it out <laughs> they're doing that to black samson trying to uh revive him because his heart has stopped and something happens on the table when they bring him back his powers come back somehow or at least that's the impression that we get because there's a power surge we see like this big bright light come out of him and then his heart starts beating like normal, like all his vitals return to normal. And it's like, okay, whatever it was that caused him to lose his powers the last time he fought, and I guess that's that was one of the reasons why he was no longer on the Guardians of the uh, Globe, it looks like his back. So maybe this beating was kind of a good thing for him. I don't know. Mm. I mean, he's got powers now. Do you know what powers he has? What are his powers? We, we don't know yet because we, we haven't been told. We, we just know that 
whatever powers he had, he no longer has. And he was getting his quote unquote superpower from his suit. So I'm assuming, Mm. and this is just me assuming, the suit makes him strong. His name is Black Samson. I'm assuming super strength is kind of his power. Yeah, and plus he, you know, yeah, he has no hair that can be cut off, so he can't lose it. So um, (laughs) this trope is potentially dangerous to people who are very simple-minded because they'll see this, they'll see the four defibrillators on Black Samson trying to kick him back to life, and they see that it gives him superpowers. And who's to say that there are some simple-minded people out there that won't try to do this and gain superpowers? My thing is, when he lost his powers in the first place, why didn't they try this right here? <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe they didn't. I mean, they tried it right now because... Well, they're he trying went, to restart his heart. But Yeah, he flatlined. So, I mean... I mean, if you... we Okay, if I... Okay, if I was a superhero and I was like... I, I look at it like this. Doctor Strange... When his hands got shredded, he went to the ends of the fucking universe to try to get his hands working again. Literally. This guy was a superhero. He was a guardian. He lost his powers. He was like, oh, well, I guess I'm just going to go hang out at the Starbucks. Well, see, the other thing is Dr. Strange was very egotistical and his hands were what made him great in his mind. You know, he was a very gifted surgeon. So I was just I was just throwing him out there. I I know. I'm just saying, in his mind, his hands are what makes him him, and he couldn't be without him. So he was gonna do whatever it took to make sure that his hands were working. Because if not, his life was over. Black Samson was probably like, you know what? I don't have my powers, but I'm alive. I'm lucky to be alive. I'm gonna take that as a win. Yeah, black black Samson was basically like, oh, I lost my powers. Oh well, can I get a can I get a power vest so I can like keep doing stuff? <laughs> right. So yeah. it's like, Where's and, my then, and then exactly, and and you know, it's a good thing Falcon wasn't there. If Falcon would be like, what's your name, Black Samson? Don't you mean Samson? <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I've been I've been waiting. We've I've been already waiting had this conversation. I've been waiting to do that joke. Black Samson probably chose the name. <laughs> Black Samson. So that conversation does not apply. Well, Adam Eve is Adam Eve. She's not white Eve. You know. I'm saying white, white. I'm saying and du- duplicate is not duplication, Kate. I mean again, Black Samson probably chose that name and we don't know why. We don't know what significance it might have. It doesn't necessarily have to be tied into his race. He might have said Black Samson because that's his favorite color. We don't know. We don't really know much about his character to begin with. I mean, I guess it's better than Gray Sampson. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So moving on from Samson, who seems to have regained his powers, we move to Mark in the emergency room. And here come Debbie and Nolan at the uh, at the window watching him being operated on. And I wanted to punch Nolan in his fucking face because he's sitting there looking at Mark like, oh my God, is he going to be okay? And I was like, you could have helped him. You were standing right there. Don't come put on this fake I'm concerned bullshit right now. And you can tell Debbie let him have it. We didn't hear what the conversation was, but Debbie turned to him and she started going off. We saw it and he's sitting there looking like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Mike. He had that expression <laughs> on his face. I wanted to punch him. 
I don't know what it is about Omni Man. It's like he'll have he'll have this attitude where he's acting like he's above everybody, but then Debbie like cuts him down to size and he like gets a little shock look. Then he like looks down, he's like, Okay, I'm sorry. I'm like, you yeah, keep that same no no no, keep that same energy when you when you're over there talking all that bullshit. But it's like soon as soon as Debbie 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 gets lays into him and cuts him down to size, he's like, Okay, he like turtles up. And I'm like, nah, man. No, you're I'm telling Omni-Man. you what it is. We discussed this a couple episodes ago. So Anthony has this theory that Omni-Man is here on the planet to prepare Earth for takeover by Viltrum. And we've said that Debbie and Mark were probably not part of his original plans when he came to Earth. And, you know, we were we were wondering earlier in the earlier in the season, rather, when Mark got his powers we see Nolan started to change his, his, you know, he started losing his temper a little bit more. He started shooting off at the mouth a little bit more. And then he would kind of be contrite and apologize for it. But there was one point where he said, maybe it would have been better if Mark didn't get his powers. And again, we've been speculating whether this means that he's supposed to recruit Mark to his cause, or if Mark is going to be the one to stop him from doing what he's supposed to be doing. Either way it goes, he's probably going back and forth right now like he wants to do what he's supposed to do for his planet or what his mission is but then at the same time he has this family that's right here and i think he's a little torn right now so i think that's what we see is like him being in the air watching mark like you know like we said he was probably trying to i think what what was it that you said anthony he's trying to make mark be the superhero that he needs to be so that when the time comes he's strong enough to do what they're supposed to do yeah he was teaching mark a lesson yeah he's he's trying to he's trying to get him to buck up you know right either way he's gonna either need him to help him either take over earth or defend earth we we don't know where omni-man is gonna go right based on what we've seen so far we don't really know what his goal is, I'm just making assumptions, mm-hmm. but based on the asshole attitude he has, right? <laughs> <laughs> but either, but he does I mean, obviously he, care for Mark, and he wouldn't be spending all this time and effort because otherwise, he just do to him what he did to the Guardians, just be done with right. Him. But so he he has to have a plan. So he, either Mark is going to be with him or against him, and he's got to do things to make sure you know what what he wants to happen happen so we'll see yeah but it's like he's he's either gonna be with him against him or dead because it's like he he basically almost got killed by battle this is how many times mark has almost died or been (laughs) a lot in it like he's he's almost died once again it doesn't matter they don't have an answer from omni-man cecil is scrambling But but you know as we'll see this episode is related to that yeah yeah but you know uh, of course omni-man has that attitude that i've got to get him ready he's got to be prepared but then i think when he sees the way mark has been beat down and how badly hurt he is he might have a moment of empathy you know Uh like (laughs) wait this Uh, is my like it might might you know he might be reminded oh wait this is my son i don't want him hurt no no it's it's like well no, all I saw was that'll teach his ass a lesson. He's putting on the front for Debbie. But I'm telling you, if he really cared for him, 
in the way that we hope he would, he would have yeah. let this shit get to that point. But no, yeah. I need to teach this dude a lesson. Period. Yep. And, and then, you know, the other thing I wondered about is I wonder if Viltrumites are one of those um, one of those races where, you know, sometimes you see it in these kinds of stories with super, superhumans or superheroes where sometimes the more of a beating they take, the stronger they become, like it kind of fortifies them. Maybe that's why he's letting Mark get his ass kicked. Like, oh, okay. So the next time it'll be harder. Like maybe that's how he becomes oh, quote, quote, invincible. Where there's a kill you makes you stronger, right? Yes, yeah. that whole thing. But th- I think this is taking it to extremes. I mean, your, your son has almost gotten himself killed twice and he's still a baby superhuman. He's only had his powers for a couple of months. Give the guy some slack. Help him out. I'm sure you didn't have, well, then again, he comes from a, he comes from a superpowered planet. He probably did, you know, was able to kind of control his powers in six months, but also he was born with it. So he didn't have to have a learning curve like Mark did. Mark is trying to figure all this stuff out at 18 while a whole bunch of stuff has happened. Like while the main defenders of the planet have been murdered and his father was almost murdered you know he's been trying to figure this out and like we said in the previous episode he's still trying to balance a school life and a teenage life and a love life just like you know in this episode when he wakes up he asks them how long he's been out and nola is like six days he's like six days no i was supposed to um you know and and then he starts looking like um amber because of course his dad is going to be like um dude priorities you don't need to be worried about the girlfriend you just got your ass kicked but when he says that adam eve comes into the hospital room and she's apparently taken up for him with amber she's told her oh yeah he got hit by a bus i need y'all superheroes to come up with better excuses (laughs) why is she simping for him oh my god no, I, mean, I, she I think she's like, being a really good friend because she, uh, she no, I think she's being a good friend because she can't, he cares for Amber. And then she's also in the last episode, we see that she and Amber kind of sort of have started developing a friendship. So I think, and she saw that Amber was a little insecure about Mark because of Mark's excuses, not showing up all the time. So I think she's really trying to make, she's trying to cover for Mark by not giving his secret away, but also at the same time, she's trying to not hurt Amber. So she's like, no, he's not ignoring you. He got hit by a bus. He's in the hospital. He can't talk to anybody right now. They're not letting anybody visit. I think she's being a really good friend. Yes, she may she may have some feelings for him or she may like him, but I think overall, she just needs a friend and she knows Mark needs just a friend. And I think that's what, and I think that's what Eve is. I think she's. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying this. This. This is another. Uh, yet another classic trope that they're putting into this cartoon is the is the the girl who's a friend who has feelings for the guy who has a girlfriend and the guy doesn't see or he sees but he doesn't really see how the girl feels about him and I'm like I'm just I mean it's oh, like Adam Adam clearly has feelings for for Mark. And that may be, here's the thing, if she really wanted Mark that bad, she could have let Amber get mad and say, you know what, I'm done with Mark. 
He didn't call. He didn't show up to the soup kitchen. He didn't call me to let me know what happened to him. It's been six days. I haven't heard from him. I'm done. She could have let it go with that, but she didn't do that. She's like, no, I found out that Mark got hit by a bus, blah, blah, blah. He's in the hospital. You know, I don't right. think, okay. I, I don't think it's that. I'll give you that, but we've also seen how Adam Eve is. Adam Eve is Adam Eve has a very high level of character because she saw she saw Amber and him making out, and she didn't just storm in and be and be like, "Oh my God, no, you ain't." Nah, nah, nah. She was just like, "Oh, cool, good for you." She's not that kind of girl. She's she she doesn't have she doesn't have that pettiness in her to right, to be see, like. If she would have let Amber think continue to think that way that wouldn't be petty that would be letting the natural progression of things go i'm a female I'm, I'm speaking to you from experience eve ain't simping for him like you think she is she's being right. a friend i'm telling you because she could have okay. let amber think whatever she wanted to about mark and then when mark showed up finally whenever he's going to show up which we knows is about like two weeks because he's taking all that time to recover. Yeah, Amber would have been good and done with him at that point. She would have been like, yeah, you know what? Totally done. I don't care where you've been. It's been two weeks. I don't want to talk to you. And Eve could have been, you know, Eve could have been right there to nurse Mark's broken heart and she could have eased her way in there, but she didn't do that. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to let it go for now because I can't wait till we get to the end of, to the last, to the end of this series so that I could really talk about Amber Amber and all the other stuff that's going to go on. But <laughs> I'll let it go for now. But I still think that that freaking I, I, I mean I feel okay. I like Adam Eve's character. I think I think Adam Eve's character if she would have been with the Guardians of the Galaxy with, with with the new Guardians they would actually be a force to be reckoned with. Because in this episode, we see the the real, real extent of her powers. Like she is way pow more powerful than I thought she was. And I'm right. like, okay, now then now she has some serious powers. So, but I just I, I still I don't know. I still I still I still feel like okay, I will I will give you that maybe simping is a bit heavy for what she for what's going on. She clearly has feelings for him. You can't deny that she has feelings. No, for I'm not denying it, but she doesn't seem like the type that she's, she knows that Mark is into Amber and Amber is into Mark. They're clearly in a relationship. She doesn't strike me as the type of character that's going to try to ease in there, or she's not going to try to take advantage right. of the situation. She's like, okay, look, this is what is y'all are in this relationship. Mark is my friend. Amber is now my friend. I'm just going to let that sit. I'm, I'm going to let y'all do right. it. And I'm gonna be the good friend. She it it Eve is a different type of character than what we usually see as far as these teenagers and stuff like that. So I yeah, right. I I, I, I agree. Right I, I agree with everything. Being a genuine friend to both of them. I agree with everything you just said. I'm just I'm just saying that at, that she has feelings and just the tropes of the girl, the good girl who likes the guy and doesn't get him because she's he's with someone else and he just can't see the forest for the trees. It's still a trope, and I'm still staying on that. So, but I, but I agree with everything you said. Why are you laughing, Anthony? There's something <laughs> that you said just kind of resonated. <laughs> just, just I don't. Was it you or Mike? Somebody said something about Adam Eve is just waiting to be there to pick up the pieces of Mark's broken heart. That was yeah. Mike. 
Yeah. I might have said that. Yeah. I probably I said think that. I'm, I think I'm kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> leaning towards that. I'll stand by there's, that. There's nothing and wrong I mean, with that. That there, is what is. I She may not be consciously doing it, though. It just may be, you know. Yeah. And she's not the type of petty that would be like, oh, mm-hmm. this is my chance. Like I said, she could have easily mm-hmm. done that with, with Amber. You know, once Mark didn't show up at the soup kitchen, once he didn't call to say why he didn't show up, he's been out for six days. He hasn't called Amber. You know, Amber is frazzled. You know, Amber is pissed. She's trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Oh, this dude just stood me up. He ghosted me, whatever. Eve could have easily let that play out if that was what she wanted. She could have easily done that. But she is not the type of person who's going to let another friend or another female go through that kind of pain, especially when she knows the truth about why Mark is not there. She's not going to let Amber have that kind of, um, you know, have that kind of meltdown. She's not going to have let Amber have that kind of um, have those kinds of feelings for Mark thinking that he's a no good guy. He's, you know, he's just playing with her, this, that or other. She's not going to let Amber think that about her friend, Mark. And also she's not going to let Amber think that that's the kind of person that she attracts. She just doesn't strike me as that kind. And we see that even through this episode when Eve leaves and kind of goes out on her own to do her own thing. She genuinely seems to have a good heart and she's, she's trying to do right by a lot of people. So even if she does have an attraction to Mark right now, I don't think that's in the forefront of her mind. I think right now she's like, Mark needs a really good friend. He's new to the superhero business. He just got his ass handed to him. I just need to be there to help him get through this. And I really think that's the extent of where it goes right now. Now for right the line, who knows? Because we don't know what's going to happen with, you know, Amber and Mark. I mean, we kind of see some things towards the end of this episode. But again, that has nothing to do with Eve. That has to do with Mark and his lack of communication and his not being great at trying to leave. No, no. We can go on top of that, but I got something to say about that shit. But let's let's go on from where we are right now. But yeah, I got something to say about that shit. That's fine. No, let's keep yeah. let's keep going from where we were. But we got on this whole tangent no. because I said superheroes need to come up with better excuses for when they're out of commission. Because one, if he got hit by a bus, that will be all over the news or at least all over the no- local news. You know, hey, local teenager gets hit by a bus. <laughs> Why wasn't this on the news? Why basically so hush hush why is he not being allowed you know visit it's just kind of like there will be so many questions to that because that's not the kind of you know you could say that they had a family emergency they had to leave that's something like that you could have said something like that i mean think about it mark's parents haven't been at home because they've been in the hospital with him she could have easily said oh yeah they had a family emergency they had to leave his parents are gone too. It would have been more believable than, yeah, Mark got hit by a bus. That's just that's. Just Could have said that he he was looking. He was at Grand Canyon looking at the sights, and he just fell over the cliff. Oops. Yeah, he's gonna be out for a second. No, you can't say that because he was supposed to be at the soup kitchen <laughs> that night. You can't say that you're gonna be at the soup kitchen and then end up at the Grand Canyon. See, you have to make it make sense. You have to make it make uh... sense. Yeah, but yeah, hip hop bus, yeah. Hip hop bus is a bit much. And nobody knows about this. William doesn't know about this. No, that does not make sense. Yeah, I got you. 
him having to leave suddenly because of an emergency and his parents are gone too, that makes more sense because at least you can make it look that way. The parents are not answering the door. Like if Amber was to go over to the house and knock on the door, try to figure out, Mark, where are you? If nobody's answering the door, oh, wait, nobody's here? Hmm. That just seems more believable to me. <laughs> yeah. But I digress. <laughs> What, what if what if we just assume that Cec- that Cecil put out a fake story and we just didn't see it? It's not it's not beyond him. This is true, but then again, does Cecil really think that Mark's social life is important enough? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> if anything, he would do the exact opposite. Well, again, it falls to Eve being the good friend to say, yeah, this is what happened. You know, I was I was go- I was going to find Mark to see why he stood you up like she could have pulled that. I went over to Mark's house to find out why he stood you up. And I found out that, you know, I saw them leaving. They His parents said there was an emergency. They had to leave. Blah, blah, blah. That would have been so much easier to pull out that. Oh, my God, Mark got hit by a bus. I mean, it would ex- it explains his injuries better. But again, let's let's try for some believability. I mean, it's already bad enough the dude is a superhero. He has to come up with all these random excuses. Let's make one that actually kind of smooths things over. You know, that's all I'm saying. But no, Cecil was not about. I mean, on the on the on the other hand, Cecil Cecil probably wouldn't have done anything that 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 would have exposed Mark anyway because he still needs Mark just in case. Omni Man is going to go rogue because he's basically invincible. Mark's basically the closest thing to Omni Man that he has in his arsenal, so he doesn't want to piss him off, expose him, or put him in danger. So any story that that he could come up with, he'd probably do it, no matter how unbelievable. He'd make it happen and make it believable because he needs Mark. If this, if 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 it comes to it that he needs Mark to go against his father. And he's strong, second strongest person on this planet that can oppose him. He's going to do everything he can to help him, whether it's life form, kill forms, steal form, whatever it is, going to, whatever it takes. He's going to do that. So I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't put it past. Yeah, this. but he's going to do it if it's important enough to do it. Mark's social life is not important to Cecil. <laughs> but but his, but but his social life, his social life is a is a is a slippery slope. Like if he does this, breaks up with a girl, gets depressed, doesn't want to do this anymore, then Omni-Man takes over the earth. Be all because you couldn't lie for him for a week for and, and cover for him. It's like, well, I mean, he's, he's still going to do whatever he takes. I mean, it's like teenage, we've all been teenagers. Anything that happens during your teen years is a slippery slope. You can have one minor thing happen and then a whole lot of bullshit happens and it becomes a really big thing. That's true. You know this. But we are normal teenagers. We do not have superpowers and we are not expected to save the world. They look at Mark with different eyes. Which, am- <laughs> they which Mark- amplifies my point. I, I, which amplifies my point. I understand that. But think about the way Nolan talks to Mark. He's like, look, you need to make a choice on what you want to do. Is this important or is being a superhero important? It's like they're giving him ultimatums and they're making him choose what's more important. For, so for someone like Cecil, who does need Mark, if he is to stop Omni-Man, if Omni-Man is the threat that Cecil thinks he is or that we think he is. At this point, Cecil, I mean, look at Cecil. It's been a long time since he's been a teenager. He doesn't care about those things. He's like, look, 
We have people walking around killing superheroes. We have aliens attacking the earth. And we have superheroes attacking other superheroes. At this point, what's your priority? Believe me, for Cecil, it's not a teenage girl and her feelings. He's not going to care. He's going to tell Mark, look, I understand that's important. You can handle that later. Cecil is very matter of fact. Yep. Cecil is not about the emotions. Bo, 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 bo. He's not about the bullshit. Cecil is very matter of fact. Okay, look, I understand you got a girlfriend over there, but you just got your ass handed to you by some superheroes. If you're going to help protect this planet, you need to straighten up. You need to get stronger and you need to do more training. That's going to be Cecil's thing. Once, you know, once more. Again, I'm, I'm just saying. Again, we're talking about we're talking about a teenage boy. I'm just saying. That, that has his first girlfriend who's really into him, that he's trying to fix everything and be a good boyfriend, but try to keep his superhero persona. So, I mean, this is a lot for anybody. This is a lot for a grown man to hold a superhero persona and a personal life. We're talking about a about a six, 17-year-old boy who just got superpowers, just got into a relationship, just got a girl to see him differently and see him in a way that oh you're cute. This is probably his first girlfriend. It is his girlfriend. In, in accordance with he has admitted right. that much. And I get what you're saying. Right. What I'm saying is in the eyes of Cecil and in the eyes of Nolan, they don't care. That's not I know. Important. And in, in, in the, in the, and I'm saying I'm saying in the eyes of Mark, he doesn't care. Because I mean this is it's gonna I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Cecil doesn't give a fuck. But Mark Mark is like we'll see when we get when we get to another part, I'm gonna bring this back because it shows how Mark does it. Mark really cares about certain things other than other things. So, but yeah, but I, I still agree yeah. with you. I still agree with your point. Yeah. So anyway, while Mark and Debbie are talking, Debbie's kind of I guess Debbie and Eve are kind of getting Mark up to speed. Nolan steps outside the room and he's talking to Cecil, and they're talking about dark blood. And Nolan's kind of asking, he's like, so his dark blood talked because again, we already know dark blood suspects Nolan. He pretty much knows Nolan is the one that killed the guardians. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. He just has to come up with the proof. Yeah. And I think at this point, dark blood has already been sent back to hell, right? Yes. But Cecil is not telling Nolan that dark blood has been sent back to hell. He's making him think, mm-hmm. hey, he's still, you know, he's still asking questions. He's still doing that. But then Nolan asks him, he's like, so did Dark Blood murder the Guardians? He's trying to put it on Dark Blood, thinking that Cecil is none the wiser. And Cecil plays right into it. He was like, we don't know. We just wanted, he said, what would be more interesting to me is why he would do it. And, you know, he makes, again, Cecil is good for the backhanded comments. He was like, you know, if he did do it, I'm just kind of, you know, it would be shocking to me because I thought I knew him. That's all. We know he's talking to, to Nolan. He's talking about And Nolan. these two dudes, I mean, these are the best two liars I've ever seen in my life. Like, both of them are going back and forth, lying the fuck out of each other and throwing, throwing innuendo and underhanded comments. Like, he was like, yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah, like you, like you said, where he said, where he said, you know, we don't know. What's more interesting to me is why. I'm surprised he didn't. Uh, did he cut his eyes at him? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember if he cut his eyes at him. Cecil like, you know. is no. He's he's sitting there looking at Mark, and he's talking. He's looking straight ahead. He's not giving Nolan any indication that 
oh yeah, I'm saying this about dark blood, but I'm talking about you. No, Cecil is playing this to a T. He is really making Nolan believe, yes, I'm kind of leaning in the way that you are thinking. You know, to it's like right him off his track. Right after he said, what's more interesting to me is why he would do it. And Nolan said, he's a demon. That's your why. And then Cecil said, yeah, I thought I knew him. That's all. Uh, yet another little backhanded jab at him. Like, you know, I'm like, damn, Cecil. I mean, just just accuse him. Just come out and be like, motherfucker, you killed him. Stop it. Chill. I mean, but yeah, it's like that whole that whole interaction was just like both of them were just like it's like it was it was like a like head to head poker. Like both of them had a really bad hand and they're making really big bets to see which one of them's going to fold first. And it's like they both, neither one of them was folding. Both of them are like still pushing chips in the middle. Yeah, but as an outsider looking in, I would be more apt to believe Cecil at this point because Nolan asking and also insinuating that Dark Blood was the one who killed the Guardians. It kind of looks like you're the guilty party trying to throw off the blame on someone else. You're trying to deflect the attention from yourself. Why would Dark Blood have even been there? You know? Right. Dark blood doesn't seem like he's the type that would just show up in the middle. Of, I mean, he has no motive. There's no reason for him to be right. there. But we have we have no motive that we know of. That we he know. Has, that we true. know of. It's, it's, like, it's like Nolan said, well, he is a, a demon. demon. That's your why. Uh, yeah, but even after that conversation, Cecil has a way of staying in control because he immediately turns the conversation to mark he was like oh he never told you he was taking on um what is that guy's name um machine head yeah he was like mark never told you he was taking on machine head and nolan's like yeah he said something about it he said he wasn't going to take the bait you know cecil's like yeah we're going to get away from this conversation about the guardians let's try and figure something else out because i think at that point if cecil had continued the conversation he probably would have said something that would have made Nolan a little suspicious. So he's like, yeah, let's get away. Let's, let's, let's move into safer territory. Yeah. About that ass whooping your son just took, you didn't know nothing about, <laughs> you know? I'm surprised Martin didn't say something to you about that. Well, yeah, the fuck you did, <laughs> you know? So yeah, you're, you're, the, he... you're the most powerful man on the planet, but even you, even your own son won't listen to you. Damn. Right. And he's like, what, this doesn't happen on Viljum? And Nolan's like, no. <laughs> no, he said no. It emphatically. Does. No. No. It doesn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, Cecil said, well, Mark's a human teenager, Nolan, is what they do. He's like, yeah. He said it's reassuring, really. And, of course, we see Nolan kind of ball his fist up because, and, and this, him balling his fist up when Cecil said that, I was like, oh, he doesn't want to think of Mark as a human teenager. That's what I took that as. I see that. He's like, he's not human. He's Viltrum. And he keeps telling Mark that you're Viltrum. You're Viltrum. Like, yeah, dude, he's only half Viltrum, though. He's half human, too. He is going to have some human traits as well. And I think Nolan is kind of ignoring that. You know, he's trying to ignore that part of Mark because that part of Mark doesn't suit his needs whatever those needs are whether it's to protect the earth whether it's to take over the earth whatever it is mark's humanity that part of him is not going to suit him 
And that that also goes into what I was saying about how Nolan looks at Mark and his teenage issues and his wanting to have a girlfriend. Think about it. If if Nolan came to Earth with a mission from his planet, Debbie and Mark probably weren't supposed to be part of the picture. That would be kind of sort of a distraction. He's trying to instill it in Mark that, hey, you don't need any distractions right now. You don't need to end up in the position that I ended up, you know? Right. Oh, but that that's, that's going to be a whole interesting conversation later. But speaking of teenage distractions, <laughs> Mark is home from the hospital. And now Amber is here. Mm-hmm. You know, and she says something about him. You know, she's like, yeah, you really did look like you got hit by a bus. And she was like, and, you know, Eve told me and Mark has to say, yeah, you know, Eve heard it from William. And she was like, yeah, because I had already dumped you that night. Damn, <laughs> son. She playing around. Again, she, she's very uh, upfront. Yeah, she is. All the girls in this series are. They're very assertive. They're very much, okay, I'm not taking your bullshit. I'm not taking your excuses. And, you know, she's letting Mark have it. You know, even though, yes, Mark, you've been hit by a bus and you've been incapacitated for a few days. Still, she's like, okay, the fact is before that, I had dumped you because you didn't keep your word. And it wasn't just that one instance. Like they've been dating now for a couple of months and Mark has shown up late to dates and he's kind of dipped out not being where he's supposed to be and not doing what he's supposed to do. And Amber's at the point where she's like, okay, do we even need to be in a relationship right now? She's ready to call this quiz and be like, yo, you know what? Before we, before this goes a little bit further, let's just cut our losses. And Mark is like, no, let's start over. Hello. <laughs> the starting over thing is... The starting that, that over whole, thing. The whole corny. phone thing was just corny as fuck. Another trope. <laughs> it was. It was kind of cute, though, the whole, you know, hand phone and starting their whole first phone conversation over. That was kind of cute. It was dorky, but it was cute. But I don't know. We had this conversation in the last episode. Mark is going to have to figure out if you plan on staying in a relationship with Amber, it's time for you to let her in on what's going on. It's just at this point, you can't maintain this relationship, keeping this secret, especially You've almost died twice or you've come close to dying twice. You might want to let your girlfriend know, yeah, I'm a superhero that has to fight these super powered people all the time. So yeah, I might be late to a date or two. I think it's just at this point, if you're not going to tell her who you are, it's just time to let that go. I I, I said it before, but I'm going to say it again. It tells you what he really thinks of her, that he... I know he's 17, 18, but come on, dude. You, you, you've had your chance to say what you need to say to her if you really want this to be real. I just think he's scared. I don't think it had, I don't think that says anything about how he feels about her. I think it says more about what he feels about himself. He's very well, unsure. I, I also blame. You know? I, I was going to blame Nolan, but Nolan doesn't know any better. But I would blame Debbie because Debbie's on that on the side on that side of that, you know, that side of those things. She should be the one talking to him. You know, how are things going with Amber? How does she feel about you know you missing dates and and standing her up? Like talk. 
talk to your son about the dating thing because she should kind of understand what it means, you know, for, for Amber. Debbie is more concerned about the fact that her son is almost I'm, died I'm, twice. I think that's But you understand what I'm saying. I, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I think, you know, and again, in the grand scheme of things, like I said, I understand that Mark's social life is important to him, but to all of the adults in the room, there are more important things like how do we get Mark to keep doing what he's doing, but keep him alive? This dude has almost died twice. There are more important things that they are worried about than whether or not Mark's girlfriend is feeling dissed. I, I think we're looking at this sort of backwards. I think the thing you need to really look at is the fact that Mark doesn't have a normal family life. He doesn't have a normal father. So whatever way he regards a relationship, first girlfriend or not, this is based off of what he's seen his own parents do. He's used to seeing his mother like, oh, it's Tuesday. It must be the terror gang. No big deal. It's okay. Your father left and has gone to another planet. You know, so he hasn't gotten a normal, you know, it's not cool to tell your girlfriend, I'll be right back. And then three hours later, you're like, I went to the bathroom. She's supposed to just accept that. You know, he, he needs to understand that he has a human girlfriend and she doesn't know anything about soups. And just because his life, certain things are accepting, he needs to actually interact and be not, I wouldn't say more human, but he needs to be more uh, uh, receptive and sensitive. And I, I agree with Anthony. I think that, you know, certain things mean more to him than others. I think that he likes the idea of having a girlfriend. I think he thinks that he wants to be a good boyfriend, but I don't think that it's in the main thing on his mind. Again, he likes the idea but implementation is not there. And I don't think it's going to be there unless he tells Amber he's a superhero and then says to her, okay, this is how I live my life. Are you cool with that? If she says, yes, they're good. If not, they can yeah, take I don't, I don't think he comprehends the responsibility that is required of maintaining a right. relationship as a superpower being, right. you know, right. It's like, even if he does tell Amber who he is or what he is and she's okay with it, again, that still doesn't mean that because you're a superhero and you've told her you're a superhero, that still doesn't mean that you can be disrespectful of her time, that you can just say, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I had to go save this thing. I'm going to be late. Like, yeah, Debbie is okay with that, but Debbie and Nolan have been at this for 20 years. There were probably some times in the beginning too when she was probably like, really? You were supposed to be here 30 minutes ago. That stuff like that comes with time and, and patience and working through a relationship. This is still new to the both of them. He doesn't, and, and like we've said, this is his first girlfriend. He doesn't understand what kind of responsibility that takes. Right. And even if he tells her who he is and what he does, still, again, she's a human girlfriend. He needs to give her the option to say, you know what? I don't know if I can deal with the fact that my boyfriend could die at any moment if he tangles with the wrong superhero. She's a little young to have to worry about that. And she shouldn't have to if she doesn't want to. He needs to, he needs to give her that option. 
you know, like you said, Lori, and I know you said this play, play, you know, playfully, but you were honest. He is a superhero. Being the human girlfriend of a superhero does come with some hazards. She needs to decide if she wants to be a part of that. Like, hmm, if you piss the wrong superhero off or if you piss the wrong supervillain off, on any given day, do I feel like being held for ransom so that they can get what they want from you? Is that really what I want for my life as a 17 year old? How many times can they wipe my memory? Yeah. How many times can they wipe my memory? So I forget things or, you know, or, you know, like I said, there should be like a checklist. Exactly. And again, Mark doesn't know about all this and he doesn't have to consider all of this because like you said, Anthony, he's grown up with this as part of his normal routine. So he doesn't think, oh, it might be different for other people. Because that's you know? how that's how it was right. for him. You know, that's that's normal for him. Right. That that not being around because he's on the other side of the planet. Right. You know, saving a bus falling off a bridge or something. Right. Oh, that's it. I mean, think about it. The first time we see Mark, he's sitting on the couch watching TV, watching the news report. Dad saving the White House again. It's like very monotone, like, oh, this is routine for me. Yeah. So he's kind of numb to it all. But he has other people in his life that at this point needs to, at this point, I think William deserves to know. This is your best friend. If you're going to have anybody to cover for you when you do some stupid shit, or when you're out saving the world and you can't show up, it's it's gonna be your best friend. Yeah, and that's why Amber is hurt when he says, "Well, Amber only knew because I mean, Eve only knew because William knew." Well, damn, William didn't tell her. Right. <laughs> it's like, wow, mm-hmm. awesome job, William. Yeah, right. William, William is basically Mark's Ned. Like he, I mean, he basically finds out by accident. <laughs> like, I mean, all, 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 he, all the, all that, all he needed to do was like drop some, drop a, drop a Lego Death Star and have it shatter at his feet and be like, oh my god, Pete, oh my god, Mark. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine the jokes that William would have had? I mean, it's bad. In, I mean, well, I wouldn't even say it's bad enough. It's funny enough that when they see each other, William is like. You're supposed to look both ways before you cross the street. <laughs> Didn't they teach you at kindergarten? Can you imagine if, if he knew that Mark was a superhero, what kind of ribbing he would get? I mean, we see it at the towards the end of the episode because William does find out in this episode that Mark is invincible and it's hilarious. His his reaction is everything that I expected from his character. But I mean, oh my God. Mark needs that not just from Eve because she's another superhero but he needs that from his regular friends as well he needs to have a support system you know he needs to have a Debbie not even not even necessarily in a romantic sense yes Amber can be that person but again they're 17 18 he just needs a support system of people his own age who he can talk to and say, hey, okay, this is what's going on. This is what I have to do. I don't know how I'm going to maneuver this. Like, help me figure this out. That's what he needs. That's what he needs William and Amber for. And he needs to realize that sooner rather than later. I think that would be better for everyone. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's so. kind of a tricky thing. It's like, when, how, and who do you tell that you're a superhero? And it's like, I mean, he, he really, he really should... 
I, I agree. He should have told William as soon as he found out. I mean, but it's that's hard. That's really hard, though. It's like, you know, you find something like this out and you're like, yeah, you're I mean, it's like finding out you have a superhero as a teenager is basically puberty. It's like, oh, my God, what's happening to me? I don't understand it. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. My dad's my dad's like trying to train me. So what the hell do I I mean? Who do I tell? I can't. I mean, you're not going to tell the girl you just that you just start dating. I mean, what are you, you going to tell her for? But you do need to William. tell your best friend who is secretly no. lusting after your father. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I mean, I, I was I was mad because I kept waiting for him to say, "Oh yeah, an Omni Man's my father," but they didn't do it. Oh, I was well, so you mad. know when when it comes to secrets yeah. of that magnitude, it's bad enough the way that William found out. It's like they're in the middle of being attacked and William is like, Mark? He's like, dude, you can't tell anybody. Wait, you're invisible. Dude, we're being attacked right now. Can we have this conversation at a later time? So I think doing that kind of reveal in steps is probably key. That probably would have blown. Like if William would have found out, oh, by the way, my dad is Omni-Man in that same conversation, William would have been passed out on the ground. Yeah. So yeah, no. I, I think, I think telling is... it to him in, in bits and pieces is the right way yeah. to go. Because also, William seems like he's not the type of person who can hold water very well. Like he's very precarious when it comes to that yeah. sort of thing. So yeah, we might need to just kind of give it to him in you know shifts. <laughs> I think the best uh, version of somebody telling their best friend teenager wise that they're a superhero has to be shazam when when he tells freddie and when freddie finds out that he has superpowers and when billy does that's like the best little montage ever because they go through the whole training sequence thing it would that that is perfect and i think that you know while we didn't get that in here i think that would have been cute because he had to tell someone and billy told freddie and i think that uh mark should have if he didn't feel comfortable telling William, I think it would have been cool if he would have maybe dropped a few hints and let William figure it out because that, the way that Mark found out, I mean, can you imagine the ride home from, from, from college? Man, would it, you know, wait a minute, please. William, William was him? too busy having <laughs> sex by the lake with a, with a college kid, which is kind of still kind of creepy when you think about it, but, and then I digress. This is true. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, again, tell your best friend. I agree. I mean, why even have a best friend if you can't tell him shit like that? Right, because even William, when they're back together, Mark is like, yeah, you know, we haven't really hung out in a while. We should do that. And William's like, yeah, because somebody's the king of excuses. Oh, I've got to study. I need to help my dad with work. I'm infectious. (laughs) I mean, you know, again, William is like the king of one-liners in this show. Mark, you need to tell your best friend you're a superhero. Just do that. So anyway... This conversation goes into William talking about him going to one of the nearby universities to visit this guy that he met last summer. He's like, yeah, well, we can't hang out this weekend. I'm going to hang out with the guy that I told you about from last summer. I'm going to do a tour at the school. And Mark is looking at the poster and on the poster, there's like a guy and a girl and they're holding hands and they're walking on the poster. And Mark is looking like, hey, can I come? And William's looking at him like, um, 
And at this point, again, this is where we see Mark has no social cues or he does not know how to pick up social cues. William just told you he's going to the college to hang out with the guy he met last summer that he has a crush on. You don't invite yourself to be a third wheel. But then not only does he do that, he's like, yeah, I want to come and I want to bring Amber. Dude, really? Mark. The best friend you are. Exactly. Like, what the hell? And I, I get why he's doing that. Like, Mark is like, hey, I need a break from all this superhero stuff. I just want to go do normal senior high school kid things. I just want to go do a tour. I want to hang with my girlfriend and my best friend and maybe his potential new boyfriend. He's like, I just, I just want to do normal stuff. But you don't invite yourself <laughs> to an outing where there's clear there there's clearly going to be some shenanigans going on. You can tell it by the way William is talking about this. Right, dude. William. There's going to be some. Shenanigans. William's playing the hookup, and you're like, "Yo, can I come and bring my girlfriend?" What <laughs> the hell? Like, no. But William, being the great best friend that he is, hint, hint, Mark. <laughs> He's like, yeah, okay, cool. This should be fun. Yeah, no. okay. <sighs> I just, so anyway, Eve comes over to talk to Mark and, you know, she's like, hey, Mark, I came over. He's like, hey, I just wanted to thank you for covering for me with Amber and he's telling Eve about them going off to the college and, you know, Eve looks kind of like, Oh, okay. So, yes, Mike, again, I do I do get that she has a thing for him, but again, she's kind of like, okay, I'm just going to let him do this thing. Like, she's not, she's not trying to be pushy. She's not trying to ease her way in. She's just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to sit over here and be the, be the, you know, be the cool girl best friend who has feelings for my guy best friend and I'm just going to keep it under wraps because he likes this other girl. I mean, like you said, yeah, but, 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 but why, why is she even there? Like why even come? Well, why? I mean, she starts talking to him about what she thinks she wants to do as far as being a superhero. I don't know if that was her original intent in coming over, but again, we have established that they are friends. She is a superhero and so that's someone that he can relate to. And so, you know, again, she doesn't really have any friends right now that she can talk to because her friends that we've seen in this show, Duplicate slept with her boyfriend. Rex was the boyfriend who cheated on her. Amber is the friend that she has now made and they've started to become like really friendly. And Mark, those are her, those are the only people that she really has in her life that we see. So she's talking to Mark about, you know, hey, I think I want to know, I think I know what I want to do with my superpower gifts. I'm going to go help people in the world. I'm going to go stop natural disasters. I'm going to go do some good where I think I can do some good, you know, and the other thing is, um, I think it's in this episode we see at, Eve has a really sucky home life. Oh my God. You know, he, her her dad is one of those her dad is one of those controlling dads who feels like he can tell his daughter 
what she can do with her superpowers, you know, oh, you don't need to do this. You don't need to go help anybody. You need to just kind of stay here and, and not do anything. Don't help anybody. And this scene is so funny because as he's talking to her there in the house, they're arguing because her thing is I'm leaving. I'm not doing any good here. I need to go out and help in the world. So he's trying to bar her from leaving. He stands in front of the door. <laughs> and she just moves the no, door. That, make, that makes like, life so much she's better. Like, I moved, she's like, I moved it to the back of the house. Like, <laughs> but hey, before, wow. before we go there, is Eve almost sounds like the daughter that Nolan never had. Like, she's talking about literally doing things like stopping natural disasters that sounds like something no one would be like hey that sounds great that's better than helping some crime lord or some you know street level criminal overthrow his boss or whatever yeah i guess you i guess you could say yeah if you look yeah. at it that way yeah she wants to do more good for the actual planet the planet right mm-hmm. that that's what nolan that's what i was saying before that nolan that's what he was trying to say, but he just didn't say it in the right way. Yeah. But also, too, with Eve, she's like, you know, the city, they have superheroes. They have the new guardians. They have right. the people here who can do that. Right. And That's Wanda, what Nolan so, was trying to tell Mark. He just didn't say it as eloquently as she did. Yeah, but I think the other part of that, too, was she could have stayed in the city and helped, but that means that she would have to be there and help with the asshole ex-boyfriend and the backstabbing friend so oh, I don't... And, and and her asshole of a dad you know fucking douchebag yeah. so <laughs> the door is still there it's just in the back of the house <laughs> it was great that i was... wish i could do that oh my god that whole scene was hilarious oh so, um side note about this you may want you may have to i'm gonna do one of Lori's things you may have to cut this out <laughs> but I, I did look into her and She's actually, I don't think she's their child. Like she was experimenting on as a baby. Mm-hmm. And whoever was experimenting on her kind of had a change of heart. And so he exchanged her with um, this couple's baby who had died. And so that's how she ended up with this with this couple. So they're, they're not her biological parents, but they don't know it. Where did you find that? Or did they say something about that in the episode? Nope, 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 nope. Oh, that's when I was when I was when I was huh? That's not a theory. I looked it up. That's not Mm. a theory. I looked it up. Oh, okay. I looked it up because I was trying to figure out her powers because um, I swear someone had said that she is probably one of the most powerful superheroes on the planet. I wouldn't doubt it after seeing what she did in this episode. Yeah, she's just underutilized. No, she can change matter. She can change. She can change matter. Period. Yeah. And and it stays. It's, right. it's a durable power. It's like it changes and goes away. It, it she changes. She's she's literally she's a great Scarlet Witch. She started. <laughs> <laughs> she's Wanda. She is Wanda, basically. Yeah. Her. Okay. Okay. But yeah, they they they're, they're not her parents. She because she she was yeah she was swapped out for a dead baby. Mm. Okay. But well, they don't know this. That just makes it even more sad. <laughs> it does. That just makes it even more sad. Like, uh, because her mother, her 
her mother is one of those typical like she wants what's best for her daughter but the 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 husband is very overpowering and he seems to be like one of those Mm -hmm. you shut up you do what i tell you to do that that's kind of the vibe i got from eve's father so again asshole you know um (laughs) but yeah i i think i would leave home too if if those two people were my parents that's just she's she's living a very mundane life right now and she could be doing so much more and at this point she's like look i'm out of here you guys can't do anything for me i feel stifled i'm not doing what i should be doing with these powers like i should be doing more i should be helping more and this is what i'm going to do and again dad tries to her dad runs back around to the front of the house to try to stop her and am i remembering correctly that she like flew through him or something like to get away from him i need to i need to go look that up now yeah but he's such a he's like this is the opposite of what you should be doing with your life and she's like what am i supposed to be doing he's like give up this superhero thing you can't save the world you you need to you know you need to finish school get married have children you know the the same oh and then he says the wor- no he says the worst day of my life was when you got your powers. Huh. Dude. White, fuck. white white male patriarchy yeah. that agonizing patriarchy. of witches. Oh my goodness. That what was he what did he say I'm not going to watch you ruin your life on some hippy dippy bullshit? Like I tell you the stereotypes that they put in this show, they knock them out of the park. They are just oh, horrible. That's gonna get you killed. Horrible. And then he has the nerve to say, I just want what's best for you. A normal, a normal life, a house, a husband, kids. She's like, that's what's best for you, not for me. Right. Dude, like it's so No, she ain't go through him. She went past him. Yeah, she went past them, but uh, it, it's so. Oh, he, it's like I cringe when I hear that he now. Said, like, it's what he said next too. He said, "He said you get you put your feet back on the ground now." It's like he's trying to hold her down instead of letting her go, letting her strive, strive to what she wants to be. He's like, "Keep your feet on the ground instead of like going for what you where you want to be." And I was like, "Damn, really? That's a yeah." He really should have. He really should have been like. This is the time when you should probably go find out what you want to do. Find out how you want to live your life. Like, he should be doing the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And- mm-hmm. But it's it's so, like, that whole scene was cringeworthy for me because especially for, like, our generation, not so much the younger generation, so much of what we did as teenagers and as young adults and even as you know the age that we are now is based on what society has told us we're supposed to do this is what's normal this is what you're supposed to do you're supposed to grow up get married find a husband have 2.5 kids get the house with the white picket fence get a job that you absolutely abhor but has good pay and benefits and will pay your bills like being happy doing what your pat you know pursuing your passion that's not important we want you to do the normal stuff do the mundane stuff so you can be like everyone else oh my god that scene made me cringe so much the easy thing the easy way out 
like the the pat the road take road most road most taken the worn road the not the road not taken right and then the other thing is who the fuck determines what's normal like this is 2021 what people consider quote unquote normal 20 years ago is not normal now there's so many things that people can pursue there's so many different lifestyles that people can live. like even even just in that in the course of that conversation just assuming that she's supposed to go have a husband and have kids why she may want a wife she may not want children <laughs> it's just there were so many things wrong with that conversation i just literally like my daughter and i was watching it both of us were cringing like oh my god oh yo stop stop it's just oh that whole scene i'm glad she got out of there because she deserves better she deserves better than that dick of a boyfriend she had and that crappy friend that she had and those weird, unsupportive parents. Yes, Eve, go live your best life, girlfriend. Fly, fly away. That that was literally what I was doing to the TV <laughs> because I was like, get out of there. Yes, go, bye. Oh my goodness. But back to Mark, Mark and William and Amber, they get ready to head off for college. Yay. And, oh, so poor Mark. He's getting ready to get in the car. And Debbie and Nolan pull the overprotective parents. Have fun. Don't do anything dumb. No drugs. You know, hey, and no, no sex no drugs, while no your sex. girlfriend is and he's just sinking in the front of the car like oh my god what did i do to deserve this <laughs> and then william says don't worry i'll keep them safe and backs up the car without paying attention and almost gets rear-ended like oh this is normalcy this is what mark wants okay <laughs> but you know the other funny thing is that as they pull off nolan is kind of like you know, he's he's looking at Debbie and Debbie just kind of walks off into the house and he's looking at her like, what's going on with her? You know, Debbie has been acting kind of weird with Nolan because she's starting to suspect that he's not telling the truth about what happened to the Guardians and therefore his role in what happened to the Guardians. Debbie is suspicious and now Mark's not there. She doesn't have to, she doesn't have to really keep up appearances. So she's just kind of like, okay, whatever you know, which again is going to get very interesting with this episode. She's like, I'm going out. Where are you going? Out. Right. Need to pick up some dry cleaning and something for dinner. And he's like, hey, I can go with you. And she's like, no, you have a deadline. Didn't you tell me that? Or am I mistaken? Or were you lying? You know, it's kind of like everybody is saying all of these underhanded comments to Nolan and Nolan is looking like, um, okay but he's feeling weird because debbie is usually not standoffish with him and now she's being standoffish and at first you can kind of see the way his his expression is he's like worried and then he starts to kind of think and he goes to look for his package with his uniform in it and he realizes that his bloody uniform is no longer there so now he knows that debbie knows something is up because she's taking the uniform <sighs> I don't think that's going to end the way Debbie wants it to end. Definitely not. Because at this point now, you're putting all your cards on the table like, hey, I know you're lying. 
and I have suspicions and I'm going to go find this out. So now it's, it's kind of like, you know what they say about a caged animal? Like he's being pushed into the corner now. Like it, it, it's not going to end well, I don't think. No, not at all. I mean, at least not the way, not the way that she would want, you would think that she would want it to be. I mean, it's because, and, but the thing about Nolan is that he's sneaky about it. It's like, it's just like that whole conversation that he had with Cecil. It's like, he didn't let on that he, that he pretty much, he kind of knows that Cecil knows what's up, but he wants to find out how much he knows. So Nolan is like, like we'll see later in this episode, Nolan is an expert at at kind of beating around the bush, but not actually mm. cutting the bush down. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, he is. Let's be, let's be real about it. It's like he'll ask all kinds of questions or make all kinds of statements just to kind of figure out what's going on and, and not really just blatantly ask, okay, do you know what the hell happened? It's like he'll go all around the, all around the point instead of going right to it. Like he's really good at that. So the kids arrive at the college and William meets up with his friend, Rick, who is voiced by the amazing Jonathan Groff. Oh, oh my God. God. Both, both King Georges are dating each other. <laughs> this is the most awesome thing ever. When I realized that, I freaked the fuck out. I was like, no, the fuck he didn't. Because, so because the guy that voices William, Andrew Runnels, played played Groff played King George right after Groff Sauce did. And I'm like, this is so fucking surreal. Like That's holy funny. shit. That's a real homelander situation there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yes, I fucking love Jonathan Groff. Like, okay, if you don't know who this dude is, he was King George in Hamilton. He was Jesse St. James in Glee. He is, um, he's uh, um, um, Christoph in Frozen. Like, I he was in mind. He played the detective in Mindhunter. Yes. So, yes, I, I love him. So, anyway, he is the, he's the love interest for William. And it's so cute because they meet up with each other. They give each other this hug. And then he's like, hey, I brought my friends Mark and Amber with me. But Rick is really cool. He's like, hey, okay, yeah, come on. Let me grab your bags. Let's go up to my dorm room. He's like, so cool. And it's so funny because this, this shot goes and shows his butt as he's, as he's walking away. Like, are we supposed to get excited about an animated ad? Like, <laughs> is that supposed, like, they even, they even, I mean, like, William was. They even drew it with like the shadows that's supposed to like indicate that he's like he's packing like he's he's got a nice butt or something. I just thought it was so funny. Like he's animated. That was awesome. What are we supposed to be looking at? But anyway, the high quality high quality ass drawings. Yeah, thank you, right. Amazon. <laughs> right, but so the next time we see the kids, they're in a college class they're you know they've gone to class with rick and um or rather he's taking them on a tour first he's showing them you know some of the campus and then they end up going to the classroom and in this classroom is where they meet mr mad scientist who let me tell you this dude he 
has some nerve. So they're in a classroom, they're, they're getting a lecture. And I'm, I'm guessing this is supposed to be like a health class or a biology class because- um, The pre-med class. Yes, okay, so it's a pre-med class. I, I remembered it was so, something having to do with health. And, you know, Sinclair, he starts talking down to the professor like, oh yes, this thing that you're teaching is like so droll. It's so 1980s. It's just like, like he knows more than the professor does. He has this very arrogant attitude and you know, he's, I guess he's like, um, what was it that Rick said? He's there on a genius grant and he makes sure that everyone knows it. So apparently he's supposed to be like really smart. And he's talking about how everyone is doing all of these mundane things and they could be so much better. You know, what does he say? All human failings are simply engineering challenges crying out to be solved. We're machines. And the sooner we recognize that, the sooner we'll reach our true potential. And Amber is, again, Amber's very outspoken. She's like dramatic much. <laughs> and <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry. She was like, I'm not, you're being a jerk. You know, which he was. And she stands up like, what you gonna do? He walks over to her and uh, Mark and William, they stand up too, but then Rick stands up and Rick is like a whole head taller than Amber and he's buff. He's like got the athletic build. So he's standing up to this skinny little know-it-all jerk. But, but Hanukkah, <laughs> Lori knows what I'm going to say. He did not want Nam part of Amber. He want Am part. Am part. Not none of it. That ain't what he want. Rick saved his butt. Yes, but 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 I will say, Rick also put himself in danger by by saving Amber, yes, or you know, yes, by I won't even say saving Amber. He was just basically. I think Rick's whole thing. It wasn't standing up for Amber because she was a girl. He's like, look, dude. You know, like these are my guests. These are, you know, these are people I invited here. He he's standing up. He's like, look, I don't want y'all to think we're all like this. I think that's kind of what that. Was. I think that's kind of what that was. He was like, dude, you're making us all look like idiots. Like, what's your problem? And this, and he's like, my problem is this school full of idiots that I'm with. You know, and he calls Rick classic alpha male. Which I guess in some ways Rick can come across that way as this, but no, the classic alpha male was probably uh, what was his name, Cheston from early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he he didn't want any. And then and then what, what does he say? He's like, oh, Yale offered me a lab. MIT wanted me. I'm like, dude, you should have. Why aren't you there? <laughs> exactly. Why? Aren't right. you there? Why are you here? Well, usually when people say that. It's because they don't want to admit that maybe, yes, they did get in, but they were like the fourth and fifth letter, you know, like the last of the last, they barely got in, they're on probation, you know, so. I don't know. I think, I think maybe his assertion might've been right. Like, yeah, they wanted me. He probably came to the lesser known college so that he could do the stuff that we find out he's doing later or the stuff that we found out in the beginning of the episode that he was doing thanks to closed captioning. <laughs> 
And, and you know, <laughs> he's able to do it without, you know, raising a ruckus. You know, he can kind of do it on the sly and, you know, kind of stay under the radar and, and still do his experimentation. And nobody is paying attention to the mad genius, you know, because all they're thinking about is what a dick he is. It'd be so. kind of hard to hide to hide a secret lab underneath Harvard or MIT, I guess. I mean, yeah, because all the mad scientists have been all exactly. the secret labs. Yeah, it's, it's like all the spaces are taken. It's like <laughs> that's that's probably really why he didn't go to one of those schools. He's like, yeah, too much competition. <laughs> so these are the top tier schools, so I'm probably not the smartest mad genius there. Let me go somewhere else where my brilliance will be appreciated. Oh, or where my, where, my, where my brilliance is singled out and I can be the smartest person. Right. It doesn't seem like he likes competition being smart. Does not. Yeah, he does not. But we'll come back to him. So Eve has found a nice little spot. And, you know, we talked about her powers. This girl creates like the ultimate treehouse to live in overlooking like, like mountains and just i need her powers i need that like i just can she list that on airbnb so i can go there and like just have a, a weekend to myself i mean she like created a swiss family robinson treehouse like i mean what the hell like straight swiss family robinson shit i'm like with complete with like string lights and like pillow i'm like down to pillows like she like created that shit out of nothing she created it out of nothing like she is she she arguably is is probably the third or fourth strongest creature on her on on our on the planet with what she can do i mean that takes some doing that's some shit who, who names her child da what the fuck is da what is that <laughs> but but when i saw when i saw da on the screen da sinclair i said Hmm, there, there must be something going on with the closed caption system. <laughs> I looked it up. No, it really is DA. Well, you know, some Not- people will take their first and, and middle names and they don't like those names, so they actually go by their initials. So that's probably what that is. I'm curious now, though, to see if DA has like an actual name or if his name is just DA Sinclair. Yeah. Well, it, you could be right because in college I went by LM, you know, because. There was like 14 different lorries in my in you know my program. So I went by my you know first and and middle initial. That is one good thing I like about having my name because nobody else has it. I only have heard of one other person here in the States that's like famous or kind of sort of famous who has my name, and that's Billy D. Williams' daughter. Other than that, oh that's right. Yeah. Oh, I I saw I saw your name in um and I was watching Naruto, and there was a character named Hanukkah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. See, in a, in a Japanese piece, anime, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be kind of common. But e- I mean, even over there in Japan, I think my name is not a frequently used name. Mm. And then the name Hanako is also the name of a famous ghost story over in Japan. She's a toilet ghost. She's like Moaning Myrtle in japan so that's also interesting but anyway man that's shitty <laughs> yes it is. Oh, see see that's just wrong thank you good night <laughs> been a great audience so thank you. so my my thing is is that i i don't know i 
every I mean I've been kind of quiet tonight we'll see you guys but my thing is is that I think that with the whole thing with the the, the Amber and the whole going to the school thing I think that what happened to her and what they did it was very interesting but it was also at the point where they needed to move the plot forward and I think that one of the things is that they had to have her there in order to do that because so much happened to him because of her that this is one of these things where it's like okay they specifically used her to move things along i mean yeah it it, it was very obvious i only say that because i i watched it like three times now and each time i watch them like yeah if they didn't have her there a lot of this wouldn't have happened yeah you're right, I think. So let's go into it. So after they leave the class with DA asshole Sinclair, <laughs> they're back on the courtyard and they're just walking. And then all of a sudden this monster, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it a monster or a cyclops or, or something kind of comes up out of the ground. And it's, it's a human with some kind of robotic head and we can already kind of make assumptions that this is um, Cheston from the beginning of the episode because this this thing, this, I, I don't even know if we can call it a person. It does have like robotic arms or metal arms and there's like some kind of uh, helmet on him with a red eye and he just looks like, uh, I don't know. He, he looks like, like Bucky Robocop. on steroids. Oh yeah, yeah like that was Robocop. Like Robocop. Yeah. So, 100%. so it's confused you can tell um and, and again like i said we can uh, already assume we know who this thing who this person is and he's been turned into some kind of robotic being and i think he's being controlled but at the same time he's kind of trying to figure out what's going on with himself so he's panicking he's like he's acting out and you know mark sees this and he's starting to go into superhero mode like he's standing there looking and then amber calls out to him and kind of breaks his concentration because he's just standing there while people are getting hurt and amber's like um what are you doing like she and william are helping other people like there's a girl who's twisted her ankle and william is helping her amber is helping another girl the Cheston bot or robot, whatever you want to call him, he sees Rick and, you know, turns him around and, and Rick is looking at this thing like, what the hell, you know, he's got blood coming out of his mouth. And again, he's, he's wheezing, he's spluttering, he's spitting blood on Rick, which ill, <laughs> gross. And William starts throwing cans at this thing, trying to defend Rick, which I think is so sweet, but it also puts William in danger, you know? So the chest and bot throws Rick to the side. He goes over to William. He's got William in a chokehold and he's about to punch William. And Amber calls out for Mark, who was just standing to her left. And when she looks, Mark is gone. And of course, as this thing is about to punch William, here comes Invincible. He stops the punch. He, you know, starts fighting back and forth with this thing while William is sitting there like, <laughs> so 
so here's the thing. So Invincible and the robot, they're they're like hand to fist in an arch. It's kind of like uh think about when we were kids playing London Bridge. I know I'm dating myself. <laughs> you get the idea. William is on the ground and he's looking back and forth between the, the monster and and invincible. And he's going back and forth. He's just looking at Invincible and staring at him. And he's like, Mark? And Mark looks down at him. He's like, run, like, idiot. Why are you still standing here? There's, there's clearly a fight going on above you. But William is like, wait, hold up. My best friend is Invincible. But anyway, he runs. Invincible and the monster, they start tussling. Mark is doing so much damage to the campus. I don't know who's going to pay for this. Cheston's. <laughs> Dad is gonna pay for it. I, I mean, I I don't know. Chest just kind of, I don't know if he's gonna pay since his son is missing now, and he has no idea where the hell he is. Not only that, but once you figure out that uh something, you know, once once this is over and Dad figures out, hey, something happened to my son on this campus, yeah, Dad is probably withdrawing all of his monies, like and about- suing them. One of my favorite things that I do sometimes when I'm watching shows like this is I get a calculator and I go frame by frame and I calculate what the actual damage might be <laughs> just for fun. I'm not surprised and I'm very impressed. Go on. <laughs> Please proceed. Oh, I'm just saying I just added up, you know, sometimes I'll stop. I'll go look up actual prices on stuff. Well, I got it. For, I got it from the Justice League, you know, because. Yeah, various, but yeah. So that that was just my point. Are there well, even much, enough wait, space? Wait, how much though? Are there even enough spaces on a calculator for you to calculate those costs? Like I know a calculator only goes up to certain. Right, right, right. Well, the I forget that what they do in the like thinking about Justice League or you know the Snyder Cut or just thinking about. Right. The, the amount of damage that that movie caused. Thinking about the Marvel movies, like where- right, yeah. Well, I think I started it because when they had the Lethal Weapon TV show, they would always refer to how much damage that they did. <laughs> so I just started adding up. I'm like, you know what? That's a good idea. So whenever I would watch something particularly destructive, I just whip out my calculator and start adding. I want to know if there's actually somebody who does that for films. And just does that for sure. fun, not just for like superhero shows. Like, I want to know how much damage Dominic Toretto and the rest of his crew have done worldwide. Fast and Furious. I, I want to know. I'm just, I'm just curious because you've got him and his team. You've got The Rock as Hobbs and his team. And then you've got the different bad guys who have now become frenemies. You've got the Shaws and all, I, I just want to know how much damage has been done worldwide by the Fast and Furious crew. Oh, I, I want to know one thing. I want to know how much it costs. I forget which movie because they all run together for me. That one movie where Dom leaps across the, the bridge, the bridge jumps off of the car, grabs Lexi, jumps back on the car, back on the pavement again. Best scene ever. And I know, if right? you don't have love for me like Dom has for Letty, that he jumped over a bridge onto a tank to save her, I don't want it. 
<laughs> but I digress. Where <laughs> did that scene go? And, and I'm like, I'm like, how the hell did they film that? I mean, I remember anything about all the movies, but I remember that. <laughs> Physics be damned. I know, right? <laughs> Literally. If you but, are watching um, the Fast and Furious movies for physics or for anything that makes sense, you are at the wrong party. I'm sorry. I mean, because you know, everybody jumps off. Everybody jumps off the back of a semi truck and lands lands on the lands on a windshield and doesn't impale themselves or become like a, become like a smear on the windshield. We, we don't even happens. need to get started on this road because I will go all day. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about this kind of stuff when Fast and Furious 9 hits the theaters this summer, but going back to Invincible. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I agree. I, 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 think, I think the thing for me is that I, I had a lot of problems with the whole action sequence because when when um um forgot william uh discovers that you know mark is invincible and they had the whole you know fighting saving you know i'm gonna i don't know i just didn't like the 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 way that it it turned out i mean it came out okay but to me it would be like there would have been a different type of action well here's the thing we have to remember because you even see this during one of um, when Mark throws a punch, he starts holding his hand like, ouch. We have to remember, Mark's only been out of the hospital a few days from almost oh. dying. Oh, yeah. He left mm -hmm. to go to this college tour for a bit of normalcy and to get a break from the superhero thing. And then, of course, this shit happens on campus. So now he has to, he has to become invincible to try to save these college students. And physically, he's not ready to do that yet. He still has to kind of, I don't want to say take it easy, but he can't go full throttle with this. And you can see that like this, this, whatever it is that, that DA Sinclair did to Cheston, he's got some strength. He's got some agility. And Mark is having a hard time keeping up because Mark is still recovering from almost dying. You know, and and William sees this. He's like, like Mark is getting pummeled into the ground again. He's being, you know, he's got the chokehold on him. He's he's trying to punch. He can barely get, you know, uh, he can barely get a punch thrown. And then he he um, he damages, uh, or rather, he rips off the helmet for. Yeah, he rips off the helmet and then, you know, you see it, it clearly is Cheston and he's coming towards Mark and Mark is actually standing in a fountain. So when Cheston goes over to the fountain to try to get to Mark, he happens to see his reflection. And I mean, whatever it is that Sinclair did to him, like Cheston has no nose now. He's got metal you know, attached to his head, his body is different, his arms are different. He's got, he's got, you know, he's got metal feet. And when he sees this, it freaks him out. Like he literally grabs at his face and he, he's, he's trying to touch his face, but of course he has claws for hands now. So he ends up pulling off some of his skin, just trying Ugh. to see what is going on. And it, it freaks him out, Ugh. which 
I would be freaked out. I'd be freaked out too. You're sitting there trying to figure out what's going on. And and it's like, I'm looking at this person who I'm supposed to be fighting and I'm, I'm looking at what's become of me and he can't even verbalize what he feels because again, DA Sinclair cut his vocal cords. And all of this just appears to be too much for Cheston. He leaps in the air and it looks like he's going to attack Mark, but the fountain that they're standing on is uh, a replica of a sundial. And so when he jumps up, he actually impales himself on the dial of the fountain and kills himself, which is so sad, even though, yeah, you were a dick in the beginning, but nobody deserves to go out like that. Nobody deserves to have that happen to him. And Mark is just sitting there confused, like, okay. And <laughs> I, like, I guess I won, I guess. Yeah, but, but also like, that is, it's kind of like, you don't, I think the last thing you would think when you're fighting an enemy is that they're going to become confused and commit suicide. So Marcus, again, Marcus new to this whole superhero thing. There are some things that he hasn't seen yet. So he's looking like, what the fuck just happened? And again, here comes William. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. You're invincible. Oh my God. You're invincible. And Mark's like, will you please hush? You can't tell anybody. And, and Williams is just like, oh, all this makes so much sense now. And as they're talking, uh, Amber and Rick come over to William, Invincible takes off. And then all of a sudden, Amber just kind of looks around and here comes Mark, or rather she asks William first. She's like, who, who was that? And she, you know, William is like, that was, um, that was Invincible. And, and again, I'm, I'm very proud that William kept the secret, but again, he can't hold water. He almost gave it away just, just out of, oh, that was my invincible. Yeah, okay. But anyway, so Rick is hugging William because he saved his life by throwing the, the soda cans. Here comes Mark, you know, like, hey, is everybody, is everybody okay? And Amber turns around. She's like, where the hell were you? He's like, oh, I, I I went to go get help. I tried to get security, but there wasn't anybody else. And Amber walks over to him and she's like, you lying piece of shit. She looks like she's about to hit him. I thought Amber was about to throw some punches. But at this point, she has had enough of whatever Mark is doing. She's like, look, you took off. You left us here with that thing. You, at, at this point, it's almost like, Mark is a coward, you know, she and William were sitting there helping the people that they could. Mark just all of a sudden disappears. He's nowhere to be found. And then he shows up right at the end. I mean, Amber is upset and she's angry. And I understand that. And she tells him, she's like, look, you said you wanted to start over. You said things would be different. Even Eve vouched for you, but you're, you're, you're a liar. You know, and she's like, I, I just can't do this anymore. She was like, yeah, it's it's over. And she's like, Eve was wrong about you. It's over. I'm done. She walks off. And of course, Mark is like trying to, he's trying to, you know, talk his way out of it. And then we see D.A. Sinclair in the background. He's, he's upset because his little science experiment didn't work out the way he wants. And then, of course, he's looking at Rick. And he's like, hmm, okay. I guess I have a new target for practice. 
you know, as he said, classic alpha male. I guess that's what you want when you're when you're making uh, you know, diabolical killing monsters. Okay, so I'm gonna have to borrow Anthony's um militant hat and put it over my dreads. Hopefully, it fits. Um, <laughs> fun fact: Amber in this comic book was a white girl at first. She wasn't black. Mm-hmm. She was white. So I. I maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I kind of had a problem with Amber being the angry black girl in this. Like, oh my god, where you been? I mean, because Mark actually gave out of all the excuses that have been given for Mark in this episode, the excuse that Mark gave was probably the one that made the most sense in this episode. The, the I mean, from you go from him being someone saying he'd been hit by a bus to Mark saying, I went to go get help which is sensible, but she goes off on him. I'm going to disagree with you because if I'm sitting there helping other people and your best friend are sitting there helping other people for you to run and get help when there are people screaming around campus running in all directions, I'm pretty sure security knew some shit was going down. You should have been there to help. He's not a superhero. Neither is he. Neither is Okay, but, okay, but. Okay, but fighting the thing with a soda can. Mark had no excuse to run off. He went to go get help. Some people do that. I mean, it's a better excuse than him being hit by a bus and being out of commission for only a week. Right, and and if nobody goes to get help, who knows how long it's going to take campus police to get there? All the people running around. They don't need a little bit more. He evaluated the situation. There's this dude ripping the ground up. What am I supposed to do about that? So he, you got everyone else is helping everybody. Somebody's got to go get help. All so of he the goes people go screaming and running Somebody, for exactly. their life. For, exactly. Okay, first of all, all, all Mike, help is needed in the square. All Mike is saying is that's actually a valid excuse. You may not like it, but it's a valid excuse. He went to go get help. There's nothing wrong with that. He left his friends in danger, and he didn't deserve to get. He didn't deserve to get yelled at like that. He did not deserve to be read like that. Mm, I disagree. I'm saying she had every right to be mad, black woman or not. She had every right to be. He went to get help. Okay, so maybe maybe it was coward. Maybe maybe it's not the bravest thing that he could have done. I'll give you that. But he went to get help. But think about it like this. He actually, I mean, he actually saved the day, but he couldn't tell her that because he's trying to keep a secret identity. I'm with the guys on this one. What 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 bothered me, and it's not just this episode, it was throughout the entire thing. So I think I'm okay to talk about it a little bit. A lot of people said that at the end of the day, Amber was more of a villain than the villain because she was such a bi you know as they would say and and i'm looking at that and i'm like why because she's black because she's a black girl and basically yeah that's what a lot of people were saying they're saying she had too much attitude that she too much this she had too much that and she was too hard on mark and i'm like okay you a don't need to go there and b obviously you're, you're gonna hold her to a different standard because you don't like the fact that she wasn't nice to mark but you, you know what I'm saying? Here's my thing. If I'm there with a guy, my boyfriend, and we're in danger, 
yeah, I understand what y'all are saying. Yeah, he went to go get help or whatever. But if I'm staying put, trying to help people, even knowing that that's putting me in danger, I feel like the least that my boyfriend can do is to stay and help to make sure that I'm safe, that your best friend is safe, that other people are safe. Like I said, somebody else could have gone to get the police. All those people running around screaming, you telling me campus security didn't hear that and wasn't coming to check to see what was going on? No, that's bullshit. I don't care if she's a black woman. I don't care if she's a white woman. She had every right to be mad at him for abandoning her. And even if she wasn't mad about that, she was probably in shock and just speaking out of emotions anyway, regardless. It okay, doesn't matter I what can, race she I, is. She had no, every no, right to I, be upset with him. I totally understand. And I, and I, I I'm just saying that's, that's my take. I understand. You know, so I don't look at that as her being the angry black woman going off or whatever. No, she was just in a life threatening situation. And the person that at that moment she cares about the most, she looks at the situation like he abandoned her. I would be pissed too. Okay. Even though later on she may even sit there and think, okay, you know what? Honestly, him going for help, that might have been cool. But at that moment, she's upset because she was in danger and the person that she cared about the most left her. She had every right to be upset. And her, her race has nothing to do and with all, it. And all the extenuating circumstances of their relationship anyway leading up to that point. But okay, fine. I can I can con- I can concede that you you have a valid you have a really valid point with that. I mean, I'm just think saying. about it. She was, that's the first time that she's been in danger. You know, Mark has been in situations before where other people are being killed, being hurt, whatever. That's the first time that Amber has been in that situation. The only reason why William wasn't panicking as much is because he actually figured out who Mark was and he knew that he would be safe. Amber had no such reassurance. All she knew was that her boyfriend left her while somebody was walking around campus hurting people and trying to kill people. She had every right to be upset. Yeah, I'm, but I'm every just... Every right. I, okay, I, I, I can see that. But I'm just saying that when Clark or Peter Parker go to change into their respective superhero alter egos, the one thing that they usually say is they're going to go get help. I'm yes, going to go get help. I'll be Clark- right back. And Peter Parker, at the times that they were starting out as superheroes, did not have girlfriends. Clark had Lois Lane. They were not girlfriend and boyfriend until much later. Okay, but they but but they but they were usually in the same place at the same time, and Clark still left left her in lurch. Not her boyfriend. There is a difference. Okay, if I'm somewhere with you or with Anthony and you guys and we're in danger and y'all leave, I'm not going to look at that situation the same as if my boyfriend was in the same situation with me and he takes off. Okay. It's totally different. Okay. I it's agree. Totally I agree that, that I agree. I agree that, that there's, there, there's a difference in that. I can, because I can, you're looking at that, that situation, like a person that I care about or a person that I love a person who claims to love me abandoned me during a serious dangerous time he could have quote unquote gone to get help and when he came back amber could have been dead what kind of excuse are you going to tell her then are you going to apologize then no it's going to be too late and then she would have died thinking oh he just abandoned me he left me she didn't know he was going to get help when she was fearing for her life 
I'm sorry. I will die on that hill. She had every right to be upset. I don't care if she's a black woman. I don't care if she's a white woman. I don't care if she's a Martian. She had every right to be upset. And anybody who says otherwise can kiss my ass. Hey, <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I will die on that hill. Every right. I'm just going to go with what Mike said initially. It's not an invalid excuse. <laughs> That's all. It's not an invalid. It's not he, an invalid. He, he went to go get but help. for the people who are trying to paint her as angry black woman, because they would expect a white woman to be more docile about it. Oh, he went to go get help. Oh, that's so sweet. No, no. I'm sorry. She had every right to be mad. I didn't say she was wrong. I'm just saying what the what the internet was saying about her, and right. and I and I'm I'm mystified. I mean, you you made hundred percent points on that but like i said i'm reading it and i'm saying to myself well what did they ever do to anybody you, you, you know what i'm saying i mean it's like it's just like and this is probably it's the internet it's trolls i pay them no attention well well let me just get this point in it's like this and you guys know what i'm talking about whenever well let's take sam whenever you have a popular character and something happens to them and they become a POC or the POC wins, all of a sudden the people who you thought were cool all of a sudden have a problem with the fact that the new hero is a POC and they go off or they talk down like when Finn was Star Wars. I never heard so many people that I thought were my friends talk about Finn like he was beneath the rug. Uh, just, you know what I'm saying, that thing. They're, they're cool until the characters no longer look like them. And then all of a sudden, they've got problems. They can go from A to Z. Yeah, again, internet trolls, I don't pay them any attention. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, 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 still, I'm still relatively upset that, I mean, because with all the stuff that people are talking about where people switch switch um, races of characters, I'm like, I don't, it, there, there really wasn't a purpose to making her a black girl. And that's that was kind of, that was going to be one of my original points, but it got kind of, got kind of lost in me getting read by you. But I but I appreciate being read. <laughs> I mean, I love you, but but it's okay. Yeah. But it's okay because because you had valid points, and I and I I absorbed everything that you said, and it made perfect sense. So I don't mind being read like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that's if cool. it was a different okay. situation, and she was getting upset with him all the time, and and you know, fitting that angry black woman stereotype, I would, I would totally agree. But again, this is someone who was just placed in life-threatening danger. She's emotional. She's scared. She's, she's in shock. And again, the one person that she depends on was not there during that most scary moment of her life. I don't blame her for being upset. She had every right to be. Well, he's lucky she didn't get in the car and just go back home. I mean, seriously, that's what I would have done. Well, you know, she didn't drive, so she couldn't do (laughs) I would have found an Uber or something. No, but yeah, no, I I get what you're saying. But my my thing is, it just bothered me. Like you said, it's internet trolls. It just bothered me that people had taken out anger on the fact that Amber is a a PLC character. Yeah, no, if you really want to be angry at somebody in this situation, be angry at Mark because that would have been the opportune time to tell your girlfriend, hey, I actually didn't abandon you. That was me in the yellow and blue. I just can't tell anybody that, but I was here. I was. That would have been the perfect time. Right. I agree. I I agree with you. That would have been. That would have been a good time to do that. 
But then we get kind of into a situation like Marcus and Phoebe in a discovery of witches where Mark Mark told her that she was <laughs> yeah. a vampire but didn't prove anything. And it's just like I yeah, mean, that's true. <laughs> it's like, like how like what are you gonna do? It's like, I mean, I agree. I think at that point, with everybody in danger, Mark should have just been like, Okay, look, Amber, I gotta tell you something. Then like twirl around, then like do like a Wonder Woman twirl and be in, getting his, his invincible clothes and be like, I'm invincible, I'll be right back and go take care of that then come back be like okay but again we have to go back to a superhero revealing his identity to somebody is really a difficult thing to do it's still i mean it's still hard for him to be like well do i want to tell her and put her in danger do i want to tell my best friend and put him in danger and things like that it's like that's really hard on him not to mention the fact that he is that he just got again the things that we've discussed before he just got his powers he's a teenager he's doing all this other stuff and he just doesn't he doesn't have the wherewithal to figure out how to get how to make this how, how to make sense of all this and and what's the best thing to do so not to defend him but he does have a lot going and, on. and i understand that but just like what you just said you know to sit here and think okay you know what do i tell her and put her in danger where well, you didn't tell her and she was still in danger and now she's pissed at you. So if you are really about maintaining this relationship, like you say you are, again, that was the perfect opportunity for you to say, okay, this is who I am. Okay. He could have even, you know, as quick as he went and changed clothes, he could have changed those. He could have flew her to another part of the campus safely and be like, hey, it's me. I'll be back. And she would have been sitting there like, wait, what? But she would have been safe. She would have known that he was there. She would have understood right then and there what his excuses were once she saw him in action. And I mean, honestly, if she had paid attention, she could have put two and two together like William did. Like William was sitting there looking like, wait, I know that face. Oh, and she didn't she didn't hear him say, Mark? I mean, he didn't exactly whisper it. No, he didn't. So again, wasted opportunity. I mean, and I, I, I like those two characters. I, I know I'm being hard on Mark. I know I am. But again, if you're trying to maintain this relationship and if you're trying to say that this person is important to you, then at some point you need to let her know what's going on so that you don't have situations like what happened after this battle. And she's running off crying because she feels like you abandoned her. What's worse, your girlfriend thinking that you abandoned her to die or you telling her that you're a superhero? To Mark, they're exactly the same thing. Mark needs to grow a pair and do what he needs to do. He's 17. He still needs to grow I a pair. You can fight. I, I'm not, I, if you can fight several superheroes or supervillains at once and almost die telling your girlfriend that you're a superhero should be childish. i'm not i'm not disagreeing with you <laughs> i'm merely saying that he's a 17 year old boy with a lot of shit that happened to him in the last two months mm-hmm. that's all i'm saying and i agree I, 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 I think i agree with all that i'm just saying yeah just saying so Anyway, let's move on from that for now, because we're going to have a lot more Mark and Amber to discuss. Back at the Pentagon, we see Monster Girl, and she's still in the hospital, and she's still hooked up to machines. 
and we see this dilapidated version of robot come into the hospital room and he looks like it's i mean it looks like it's been beat up it's been torn to pieces but it has a flower in its hand and the real robot i think <laughs> comes into the room and he takes the flower from that beat up robot and he gives it to the doctors and he tells them you know they're, they're talking about her some levels uh in her um in her system that are abnormal and he tells them those are normal for her she has a curse not a disease this flower is from some wherever in the arctic and it will help her um, it will help her get better. He says it, it contains a unique molecule that I believe will add 60% to her chances of survival. So he, he tells them, look, this is what you need to do. This is how you extract the compounds. And this is, this is how we're going to save her. So this is what they do. And again, robot is really going like above and beyond to save monster girls. So again, I think there's, there's something weird there. I don't know if it's, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, does she remind him of a daughter or is he like a, a teenager trapped in a robot's body? And it's just one of those things is still really weird trying to figure it out. But Black Samson also notices it. He's in the hospital bed next to her and he says to the robot, he's like, you really care for her. And, you know, this is apparently the first time he's been awake and he asks robot, you know, he's like, you're a machine. How, how is it that you care for her like a human does? And Robot says, um, I've been programmed to care for all humans. And Black Samson is like, no, this is different. He was like, you didn't go get your ass whooped in the Arctic for me. <laughs> this is something different. <laughs> that, that, that was one of the best moments in this show. You didn't get your yeah. ass whooped for me. Like, so this is different. Exactly. So, and then he plops back on the pillow. He's like, so I take it we won. Dude, you got your ass kicked. Do you consider that winning? Like, yeah, I get you're alive, but yeah, no, that's mm -mm. winning is the furthest thing from what y'all did. But like I said, I guess he got his powers back. We don't know yet, but um, next scene is Debbie and she's gone to see Art. And she's taking him Nolan's bloody super suit. And Art is inspecting it. He's, you know, he's kind of looking at everything. He's looking at the blood flecks and he's telling her about everything that he's finding. He's found flecks from War Woman's armor. He's found sodium crystals from Aquarius. He's found some other things from Darkwing's throwing weapons. And he's like, he's finding all of these things that are evidence of the Guardians. And it basically proves that Omni-Man was in a fight with all of the Guardians. And the only thing that they can conclude is that he probably did fight with them. And Debbie is still trying to, you know, she still doesn't want to believe that her husband is cap was capable of those murders. And she's like, maybe it, it just shows that they fought maybe... Maybe there's some other explanation and Art tells her, he's like, no, look, he said, there's, there's this one last piece of evidence. He was like, it's this blood begins to oxidize when it's exposed to the air. 
And he was like, I can measure it and see how long it was that, since it was spilled. And he shows her the blood on Omni-Man's hand. And he's like, this is the oldest blood on the suit. And it belongs to Red Rush. He was like, unfortunately, this means Nolan threw the first punch. He was the one that started it. And at this point, they, they can only conclude that Omni-Man is the person who is responsible for everything but Debbie wait now wait now that, that's 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 up. circumstantial what? because we don't know they could have threatened him and he's and he was defended himself he just got the jump on so that does, doesn't necessarily mean yeah. he started it because you know fighting words can start a fight too you don't necessarily have to throw the Fighting words can start a fight, but what is it that they always tell you in school? And what is it that your parents tell you? You never throw the first punch. If you throw the first punch, you are the one that's going to get blamed. I'm I'm just saying, saying, Debbie has a valid reason for saying, well, you know, we don't really know the full story. No, at this point, she's just like, hey, we can't tell anyone because, of course, she still wants to figure this out. She needs to understand. And she tells Art, she's like, don't tell anyone. He was like, Debbie, I'm too scared to tell anyone. This ain't going no further than here. And of course, we see Nolan is standing, you know, or not standing. He's floating in the sky outside of the, yes, he's hovering. There you go. He's hovering in the sky outside of the shopping center. And he knows his wife is there. He knows she's taking the uniform there. So it's just kind of like he's putting two and two together and he doesn't look pleased about it. I just feel sorry for Debbie because I feel like this is about to be the start of a long road where she's about to get her heart broken. I just, I just feel it coming. Mm-hmm. But back at the college, the foursome, Mark, Amber, William, and Rick, they go back to Rick's dorm. And of course, Mark is still trying to plead with Amber. Hey, I was trying to help. And Amber has basically kicked him out of the room. She's like, I'm not sharing a bedroom with you tonight. I'm taking over the bedroom. And Rick's like, um, but that's my bedroom again. He has the bed. He's probably, he was, well, before all of this happened, he was probably thinking, um, yeah, this is the room that William and I are going to share, but that's obviously not happening now. So anyway, everybody's stressed out. Everybody's still high strung from this thing. Rick grabs some money. He's like, hey, I'm going to go down to the store and grab some beer. And at this moment, I'm looking like, dude, that's such He grabbed a- some change out of a bowl and some change out of a couch and said he's going to go get beer. What the hell kind of beer are True you getting? Root beer? What the hell are you trying to... What? what? He probably come had on, come on, dollars in that couch. Uh, a couple <laughs> of dollars ain't getting you no 12-pack. And he that's probably true. had some... He- he might have had a couple of dollars in his pocket too, you know. And then he, and then he, and then he called. He called asking them if they if they wanted pizza. There's no way he's affording pizza and all that if he's digging digging change out of a couch and pouring change out of a damn cup. Stop it. I've been to college. I understand. I, I know how much. Uh, no, nah, no, nah, son. Nah. Right. Okay. Oh goodness. But anyway, so Rick goes to the store. Amber goes to take a shower. And this is the time when William is like, holy shit, you're invisible. Dude, you're invisible. Did you know you're invisible? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, wait, you're invisible? And you never told me? What kind of best friend are you? (laughs) Exactly, William. He should have told you. He's like, take me on a flight. Fly me around. 
He's like, what? Fine, come here. And he literally, he literally takes him out out of the window for like two seconds and brings him back. He was like, whoa. Then he, okay, but then William said William wants to try on his super suit, and I'm like, ew, dude, no, nah. That that that's going a little bit too far. That's oh going God. a little bit too far. One, the super suit has not been cleaned, and he just finished so, fighting hard. Right. So not only do you have like whatever this creature, the chest and body, not only do you have his blood and whatever else on the suit, you've got like Mark's sweat and probably his blood and all kinds of other dirt and germs. And we don't know what's going on oh under the God. super suit. I mean, that I'm just saying. sounds so disgusting. It is. It's nasty. That's the nasty. I was like, we don't know if Mark is wearing drawers up under that suit or not, and you want to put it on? No. Who you know he's not. You, you know, you know for a fact he ain't got no drawers on under that suit. He ain't gonna have. He gonna want to see want to see no draw line uh, underwear lines when he's flying around. He ain't got no drawers on. That, those are his drawers. The underwear, the underwear is probably built into the suit. Oh, Why would you? It's so disgusting. <laughs> it's so nasty. <laughs> Oh, thanks for painting that picture for me, But then they have this conversation just like I expected them to have. Mark uh, Mark is telling him, he's like, I don't even want to be invincible anymore. And William is like, You shut up. Don't you say that? He was like, You being invincible is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what I this is what I expected. And, you know, of course, he, he's trying to reassure Mark. He's like, yeah, Amber will forgive you. She always does. And Mark is like, I don't think so. Yep, you might be right. I'm like, William is that best friend that's not going to bullshit you. He's going to tell you exactly what you need. He's like, look, um, dude, what did he say? I think that was when he said, uh, either take me on a flight or I'll tell everybody you're, you're invincible. Yes, this is this is the best friend energy that I was expecting from William, you know, this is everything that I needed, but also I think this is kind of what Mark needs too, but at the same time, it's the wrong timing for it. Mark needs somebody who's gonna, I guess, as invincible, he takes himself so seriously because he feels like I'm a superhero. I have to, you know, I have to save people. I have to do this right. I have to live up to my father or that sort of thing. William is the kind of friend that will help you balance that out. And Mark really needs that. But again, right now, he's he's more worried about Amber. Dude, just tell her already. Good grief. Just tell her. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, he's had, he's had his opportunities. So, I mean, it's, I, I mean, now it's kind of too late because even if, even if he was, there's a chance that she's going to be like, so what? So what? I mean, you it, if he tells her now, she's going to be like, why didn't you tell me before? And if he told her before, then she probably wouldn't want to put up with all that shit. So he's kind of in a catch-22. Yeah, I guess. So anyway, Amber is uh, coming out of the shower and this guy appears behind her and gets ready to grab her shoulder. Somebody needs to tell these guys about just touching women when they don't want to be touched. Because I'm telling you, if that hand had landed on that shoulder, I think she would have turned around and cold cocked him just like the Dora Milaje did to John Walker. Like, was she was she wearing a robe or just a towel? 
No, she she had a she had a towel wrapped around her hair. She had on her regular clothes, or she had on some different clothes. Okay. So, but you know, this guy he he comes up to her and he's like inviting her to a frat party, you know, whole college thing. She was like a frat party. He's like, yeah, but the okay kind and not the super douchey kind. There any other kinds? I mean, I don't know. I didn't have that kind of college experience. I was busy being married and raising children. So <laughs> I don't know. So Amber gets invited to the party. Rick is FaceTiming William, trying to find out about the pizza that he's going to get with the change from the couch. <laughs> and while they're video chatting, the screen goes dark and Rick kind of disappears. And... um you know, William comes in to tell Mark, he was like, hey, I need you to get up. Something happened to Rick. We were talking on the phone or we were video chatting and he's gone. Something happened. And Mark is just like, dude, Amber got invited to a frat party. She went, should I, should I go after her? And, 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 and you know, it's just, oh. again, at this point, Mark's, his priorities are in the wrong place. Like your friend just told you something happened to Rick not an hour after you guys were attacked by a monster on campus. But you want to go after Amber? Dude, I need you to get your priorities straight. Like he's not he's not thinking straight. He's like, oh, the phone probably just cut off. Just call him back. It, I, I don't know. I just, and then he... Uh, you don't want my help. Every time I try to be a hero, I make things worse. And, and and William even says, what if it's that thing from earlier? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, it's just like his, I mean, again, he's, he's acting like a typical 17-year-old boy who broke up with his girlfriend and that's all he could think about is getting her back. And he's like, like I think, think my boyfriend got kidnapped. Yeah, I gotta go get my girlfriend. I gotta go go explain. I gotta go talk this out. I mean, he's not thinking rationally at all. And I, again, he's a he's a seventeen year old boy, and it's and it's just and he's being really fucking selfish right now. Even if he could have just just checked on it, like how 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 long would it have taken him to fly to the fly to where he should be and figure that shit out? Right, because I mean, the phone was dropped on the sidewalk. It would have taken you right. less than two minutes to go through the phone, and then you would have known where your real priorities are. Again, at this point, you can't just be a normal teenager and still want to be a superhero because what is the phrase? With great power comes great responsibility. Yes. <laughs> Dude, I understand your girlfriend is pissed at you, and I understand she went to a frat party, but you just fought a monster that was terrorizing people on campus and now your friend's friend is missing. Put two and two together and go do your superhero shit. He, just, he's 17. I, I, mm. 18. He, he's, new, he's new to this. Y'all keep using that as an excuse. I'm, I'm, I'm not using that as an excuse. I'm, I'm using it as an explanation. I didn't, I didn't. That's just an explanation. There's no excuse for yeah, what he did. Let's be clear. There's no excuse for him not checking on his friend, his best friend's boyfriend. There's no excuse for that. I'm just giving you a reason. I'm not. I'm not excusing him at all. He was a he was a douchebag for that shit. He was an asshole for that for not checking for not going like he was like we said going two minutes out of his way to see what the fuck happened. 
I mean, that wouldn't have taken him long at all. I'm not saying he. Sh- I'm, I'm not saying that's an excuse. I'm just saying that's why he did it. He's still an asshole for doing it. So anyway, he tells William, call him back. You know, go look for him. If you still can't find him, then let me know. Dude, he could be dead by then. Again, you just saw a monster come out of the ground, attack people on the same fucking campus. Use your brain. You're supposed to be smart. Whoa, 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 I don't know. Whoa, I'm just smart. We need to decide you were smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, because that was what we've been told since the beginning of the show. Like he's supposed to be really smart in school, getting good grades. He's supposed to be like a boy. Wait, are we, are we talking about Mark or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, he, he couldn't find. And, he he didn't know where Mount Rushmore was. You know, he he sure. just might not be great in history. <laughs> You know where Mount Everest is either. Okay. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But but I mean, still, common sense. Well, okay, let me stop. Common sense, not common. Let me stop. You know what? Let me get off Mark right now. Let me go back to... (laughs) Let me get off Mark. So, back at the hospital... Samson has fully recovered and he even tells Robot, hey, you know, I feel I feel just like I did before I lost my powers. I should probably get my ass kicked more often. <laughs> like, hey, if this is what it takes for me to get my powers back and feel good, hey, we need to do this more often. So anyway, Robot sends him back to Guardians HQ. He tells Black Samson that he's going to stay with Monster Girl. And yeah, robot is yeah, he's he's kind of weird. He he like, you know, he he caresses monster girl's head and it's just I mean, it wakes her up and it startles yeah. her, but it's just it's I'm getting really icky vibes from robot right now. I just I don't know what's going on. Like I told you last week, pedophile. It, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's just, something it's, right. It's not yeah, more. there's something there. something right. That's just, I mean, it's weird seeing like a pedophile robot. Like, ugh. yeah. But I mean, I mean, technically, he's not a pedophile because she's in her twenties. But still, again, this gets back to my discussion about. I mean, it has to be hard for her because she she deages, but she still has like a the mentality of someone in her mid to like in her mid twenties. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, that's that's tough. It's like you know. Yeah. And I understand that dilemma, but still it's because we don't really know anything about robot either. I mean, it's obvious that he's not your average run of the mill robot. So what is it about him? Like, is he, (laughs) you know, I started thinking about it while I was watching this. And for some reason, that um that alien from men in black came to mind where he had the little alien you know where he had the alien uh in his head and he was controlling the human body that's kind of what i thought about i was like okay so is oh, robot, yeah. you know is he a robot being controlled by a mini human or you know something i'm like there's just something really off about him it's just yeah. it's, it's creeping me out and i know we only have what i think we have two episodes two. left I, I just need them to go ahead and explain that because it's really creepy. It's 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 really creepy. It's really weird. And again, 
I know that Monster Girl is 25, but she looks 12. And we mm-hmm. often believe with our eyes before we believe with our brains. It presents itself it as just, really it, weird. It, it, it's just, it's creepy. And, and again, that's the only really major issue that I have with this entire series is that for me, and it's been years since I've read Vincible, so I can't remember anything major about it. But to me, I could have done without that particular storyline because it just doesn't, it just seems like it was forced in there. And, and I'm sort of kind of with Lori in some way on this because, I mean, I know we're supposed to kind of like Robert Kirkman. It just seems like this was one of those things where you really didn't have to do it. You know, like it sounds neat on paper, but in practice, it just it raises all kinds kinds of issues. Like, what are you trying to say yeah. about something? What's the message you're trying based to on say? what you're doing? Yeah, what is your message you're trying to convey mm-hmm. with 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 what what you're doing? I, I I I'm like Lori. I don't really see the value in it, especially in, yeah. in this day and age. Yeah, it it it. It comes across as real weird, so... You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm hoping we'll find out more about this within the next couple of episodes because there's got to be a reason why they keep focusing on that. And, you know, at first, like I said, it would have been different if he was behaving towards her as, like, parental unit and child. Like, maybe that was how he was looking at her, but I don't get that vibe. I get something totally different. I get something that's supposed to be a little more romantic as far as his feelings and again it's 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 just weird i mean it's already weird because he's a robot and she's human but again i don't feel like he's just a robot there, there's something else going on there that we just haven't been made privy to yet but they need to go ahead and make that reveal like quickly because it's getting really uncomfortable now like why not make her have been like a 40 yeah. year old and the age her to 20? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, what is your. It, it baffles. It, it yeah. uh, you're right. It's just weird. It was, it was a weird choice. It was. It was. Or even, even, even still, to catch her earlier in her after she got cursed, like, get her to be like a teenager instead of a previous. Yeah. So, child. I mean. Picture at like 17 yeah. or 8, not 12. So them presenting it in that way, it makes me feel like there's a specific reason why they're telling the story like this. And again, I have a feeling it has something to do with robot. I don't think robot is actually a robot. I don't know. I don't know. I what. told you we, we, we had this discussion We had before. this discussion, yes. Yeah. But... I don't know if, I mean, maybe it's something similar to her because I don't think, okay, so we already know that he, he's already reached out. I think he's already reached out to the uh, Mahler brothers, correct? correct? And we know that he's got yeah. them doing something for him. And we know that they can make clones because that's how, that's how they keep cloning themselves. They know how to make it. So and we and we've seen the the thing in the tube, right? Yeah. So and, and like I said, that's that's probably him controlling them because I saw an anime where the same thing 
was happening. It's, it's almost like a direct ripoff yeah. from the anime. So I'm wondering if maybe, well, again, we'll have to see because they, they've got to explain this to us, but I'm wondering if the thing that he's supposed to be or whatever, like, was he, is he a teenager or is he somewhere, is he someone that's close to her age? And I, I, I just don't know. It's, it's super weird. And we're going to move on for, from it right now because we could talk, we could talk for the rest of this podcast about how weird it is, but until we know for sure what's going on, it's just it's just gonna keep being creepy. So let let's move on because we still have a little bit to go. So William has found Rick's phone. He's found the crushed beer can. So we know that Rick has been taken, and William actually decides to go after him. So he finds the sewer that uh, he thinks they've gone down. He actually goes and finds like the path that that Rick was taken on. And then he gets knocked out. So again, here's a scenario where Mark, you could have been helpful to your best friend, but you're too busy going to the frat house looking for Amber. And Amber's just sitting there like she's just chilling. She's sitting on the balcony. The guy who invited her comes to talk to her. They're having a conversation. It's not anything, you know, it's not anything overly like the guy is not like being a douche. He's not hitting on her he's not trying to get her to sleep with him like chasen was doing at the beginning he's just you know they're just sitting there talking and of course mark kind of sees it and he's like oh okay he's he's getting depressed and as he's leaving he gets a call from william and william is like yo i'm i'm in the sewers and somebody's taking rick i don't know what's going on and it's so bad because when he picks up the phone he looks and sees this William and his first reaction is not now, William. Dude, your friend just told you that his friend was missing and you told him to go find him. So if he's calling you, it's probably about the, like Mark just the, the end of this episode, Mark pisses me off so much. And I know I said I was going to get off him, but he's just making all the wrong stupid decisions right now. And it's really pissing me off, you know? But I mean, and even after William's phone cuts out, you're still sitting there hesitating like, huh, my girl is out there talking to another dude, but my best friend may be in trouble. The fact that you're still hesitating about that, I have an issue with that. I don't care if you're 17 or 18, I have an issue with that. Your best friend is in trouble, you go help your best friend. The girl, she's, st she's standing there. She's cool. She's talking to somebody, yes. But you know what? She's safe. Go save your best friend. I just have so many issues with Mark in this episode. I do. He, he doesn't make the best decisions. He does not. No. So anyway, William is being taken into the, you know, the, the lab that, the, well, what we thought was a lab at the beginning of the episode actually turns out to be like a lab up underground in the sewers. Ew. But I guess D.A. Sinclair couldn't get a, uh, you know, he couldn't get a supervillain lab on campus. So. That's terrible. So finally, D.A. Sinclair shows his face to William and he's coming after him with some kind of power tool. But Invincible does show up. He does get into the sewers and he does kind of um, hear William screaming. And he shows up and 
you know, all of these other robots that he fought earlier, they, they're coming out of the sewer and they're fighting him. I think at this point he's fighting three and he starts fighting with them. His phone drops into the sewer and he gets into the area where DA has William and you see the body parts and you see like all the, like you said, Mike, the failed experiments. And William is sitting on the table. He's unconscious. And D.A. Sinclair is like, yeah, you know, after I saw what you did to my creation earlier, I made some improvements. And these robots that are fighting him now, they're they're much stronger. And he's still having a hard time fighting them. He's having an even harder time fighting them now because he's still recovering. He already, you know, got into a fight earlier. He's not at his strongest. You know, but <laughs> William wakes up. He sees, and he's like, "Mark, um, invincible, yeah, <laughs> Marvinsible." <laughs> right, right, Marvin. That that's a great name. But you know, he he tells him he's like, "Hey, he's turning people into those things." And of course, we see that Rick ends up being one of these things that's been turned. And um, so, what Da Sinclair says, he's like, uh, when William calls out to him, he's like, "No, stop doing this! Don't do this!" And DA's like, yeah, no use appealing to his emotions. And he points to a table and he has taken the frontal lobe out. And he made a mention of this earlier when it came to Chasen. After Chasen killed himself, he was like, oh, okay. So that's the last time I leave the frontal lobe in because that's what controls the emotions. So he apparently has taken this out so that these monsters or these people he's turned into monsters will do his bidding with no conscience with no emotions with no you know and anyway it just it becomes ugly invincible again is getting his butt beat he's getting his ribs cracked William you know he he calls out to Rick and Rick sees William on the table and that's when William you know starts trying to appeal to him he's like hey it's me. You know, we spent last summer together. It meant so much to me. I know it meant a lot to you too. We had sex by the water. It was the best thing that happened to me. <laughs> and, so you know, uh, D.A. Sinclair is like, um, that's a tad bit personal and something I really don't want to hear. So then he starts drilling into William's arm like he's about to cut William's arm off. And Rick apparently has a moment of recognition once he sees that, he's like, oh, wait, William? And D.A. Sinclair turned around like, how are you How are you doing this? I took out your frontal lobe. You're not supposed to recognize anything. And that's kind of all that was needed. Once Rick sees what's going on, he takes out whatever the thing is that's controlling him in the back of his head. And he starts fighting. He, he helps Mark, who is getting his ass whipped once again and they start removing the helmets from the other people and taking out the 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 circuit from the back of the head and da sinclair gets ready to leave mark gets william free and william is like oh no you're not going anywhere asshole and william chases him down knocks him down and starts punching him i was like oh wait a minute william got a little fight in him but he i mean this whole thing, the 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 mad scientist thing with with D.A. Sinclair, of course, he's talking about, you guys don't understand what I'm doing. I'm trying to save the human race. He's doing the mastermind speech. 
you know, I'm smarter than you guys. I'm doing what's going to help humanity. Mark is about tired of this. So DA turns around like he's about to leave again. And Mark is standing right there. He delivers one punch and completely rearranges DA's face. <laughs> like that was the best punch that was ever. It was. I mean, he bet. Yeah, he it was perfect. You. But the villain, the only thing that the villain didn't do was the maniacal laugh. That would have been perfect. He didn't have time to. He was busy having his face rearranged. I mean, he he already, he already almost got his ass beat by William because William jumped on him and got a couple punches in. William too. was wailing on him. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, William was like, yeah, William was pissed. But the things that, that are important is C- Cecil has has got a guy who can build him an army <laughs> they can apparently you know that's can about to up, happen if they can beat up invincible you know who knows give this guy some resources and some yeah, time, game invincible all he can know. handle and mm, yeah yeah and, and you see cecil once again putting stuff in the um in the hopper nice gonna see yep. you know we gotta have something they right. have something from our you know it's it's evidence but he you know he gets down there he's like impressive technology especially for something built in a sewer he's looking like hmm so if this guy can do this stuff in a sewer what can he do if we put him in a lab with all the resources he needs you know that what's about to happen whack ass tony stark <laughs> what did what did what did Obadiah say to that to that guy you know he built this in in a cave with a toolbox and a battery to scrap a tool. Right. <laughs> yeah. So and, and oh, yes, Cecil says to you know Invincible, you know they they're talking about how sick it is, and, you know Invincible saying this is sick, and Cecil was like, yeah, but hard to believe that they gave you a run for your money like that. So you know the gears are turning in Cecil's head, like hmm. What can I do with these, you know? But um, poor William, poor Rick. Like Rick is being wheeled away, and they're telling him that it, you know, they're they're saying it's rough. And Invincible asks Cecil, he's like, "Can you help them?" And Cecil says, "Hey, I, I'm gonna do my best, but you know, it's just." It's so sad. They, they, you know, Mark and William, they go back to. Rick's dorm room and William just poor baby he just breaks down and you know Amber's already back in the dorm she's in the bed Mark goes to talk to her and you know like I said she's she's pretending like she's asleep and he just decides to leave it alone and she's she's sad and it's just it's just a screwed up situation all around but again Mark just so many wrong decisions in this episode. I, I, I just, I, 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 no words. Teenager. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, you know, the other thing is, you know, we see a little bit of Adam Eve. She's doing what she set out to do. She's going and she's helping and she's saving people and she's helping the environment and she seems happy, tired but happy. So, we do see that with her back at the Grayson house. Nolan has come home and Debbie is drinking a whole bottle of wine. She's getting drunk because she needs that liquid courage because 
she's about to go off on Nolan. He comes in the house and she's like, why? He's like, why what? And she starts calling him out. Joseph, Darkwing, War Woman, you killed them, why? And I, I gotta say, I'm impressed that she actually confronted him because again, He's Omni-Man. He's Omni-Man. You just a, you're just a, a human woman. And here comes here comes Omni-Man's ass like, you're drunk. We'll talk about this in the morning. Right, because he was like, I, I didn't do anything. She's like, don't lie to me. I know. I know you killed them. And he's looking at the glass that she just dropped on the floor and he's like, you're drunk. We'll talk tomorrow. And then she throws the wine bottle at his face and he catches it. But then she's like, fuck you, Nola. I was like, you know what? I love Debbie. She's my absolute favorite character in this show. Because Debbie is like, I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't care if you are the strongest man on this planet. Fuck you. And she goes upstairs. And he almost looks like he's about to follow her. And then he stops. He squeezes the wine bottle and breaks. And then he punches a hole in the wall. And he just sits in the living room. And he just puts his head in his hands like, fuck what am I gonna do now and again I feel like he's I feel like he's kind of divided at this point I I I don't know that it just it's like now all of all of your dominoes are starting to fall right so he's he's gonna have to start doing something but the episode ends with the same kid that we've been seeing since episode one the uh the, the security guards kid he and his friend, yes. He and his friend are the same people that Eve was talking about at the funeral. The ones who want the souvenirs, they are actually digging up Immortal's grave, which I guess, you know, our, our assessment earlier that Immortal was immortal was probably not quite right because apparently he is in a grave. And these kids are trying to, you know, they're—they're uh, they're gonna. What? What is it? They're gonna. <laughs> they want to dig. They want to dig him up to drink schnapps from his skull. Which is just weird. So that they can become immortal. Y'all couldn't pick something better than schnapps. <laughs> it's apparently it's, it's really? part. It's part of the ritual. It's part of the ritual that they got from Reddit. Again, things you read on Reddit are not good ideas in real life. Just saying. It wasn't Jagermeister. Jaeger. You know, Jaegermeister might Jaeger might have been better, oh but um I'm not putting anything in no dead man's skull <laughs> and drinking. I don't care how period. Yeah, I don't but care you would get his power. I don't I don't care care what yeah, whatever. But um anyway, they don't get a chance to test out that theory because here come the Mahler brothers digging up. He's like, thanks. Like, thanks. It was it was classic. <laughs> they're just like oh you guys just did our you know you, you just did our job for us and Mahler says he was like don't believe everything you read on the internet <laughs> but you know I, I I guess they're coming to get immortal body too who knows okay so maybe they were the ones that posted that on Reddit because they exactly. wanted to dig it oh themselves. yeah you know what you might be right yeah. You might if be right. they figure someone will do, do all the work so, for them, then they're like, all right, cool. We'll step in now. Thank you. Right. But then that kind of makes me wonder because I'm like, okay, so what are you guys about to do with Immortal's body? Like, there, there's so many possibilities now. We know that they're doing something for robot involving a body. 
maybe that didn't work. Maybe they're about to dig up Immortal and put robots consciousness into Immortal. I don't know. It's just I- maybe maybe they saw maybe they saw Justice League. Oh my God! You know? Oh jeez. <laughs> and and. And even in even in the death of, even in the death of Superman, they bury Superman, and, and he really was and they don't they don't have a red speedster to run in and like put the speed force in on it and spark it or whatever. Yeah, but I don't know. But they're gonna do something with Immortal's body, so maybe they can clone Immortal them. is gonna be immortal. Maybe they can yeah. clone them. That would be cool. Can you clone something? I mean, can you? Mm. I don't know because how long has Immortal been dead at this point? A few months? Like you, you just need. Haven't you watched Jurassic Park? All you all you um, need is a mosquito with some <laughs> DNA in it, and then you can make a whole flock of freaking dinosaurs. Just think of what. You remember what happened in Jurassic oh. Park? What, That's what, not makes, you, a good what idea. makes you think that matters to the no, caller? No harm, no harm ever come from taking some blood from a mosquito. You never thought of. It, it never know, occurred to you if you should. <laughs> Ah, we have two episodes left. Uh, yep. Um, real quick, we kind of we kind of glossed over. We didn't mention Art and and Nolan meeting and drinking on the roof. Oh yes, you're right. So the other the other part of this episode that we need to talk about is Nolan and Art. How many times do you think Art shit his pants during this conversation? Two definitely. <laughs> I kept waiting. I kept waiting for Nolan to just reach out and just touch. Him. I did too. I really thought that he was gonna kill yeah. Art because we already know that he knows that Debbie was there, and we know that he, you know, oh. I think he was fishing. I, I think Nolan. He was one hundred percent fishing. He was fishing. He he wasn't sure what they talked about, and he wasn't sure what Art had said. So he was just kind of filling yeah. Art out. See he brought he brought said. a six pack. They went up on the roof to chat, chit chat, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, it's funny how things can fall apart." You know, yeah, it's like. But even know, before these- that line, they were ta- they were sharing a funny story about um, Nolan. Uh, it was either Nolan or Art, or both of them uh, meeting the president, and they, yeah. were, they were laughing about that, and. Art said a line. He said, that just goes to show, never piss off your tailor. And then when he said right. he got quiet and kind of looked away. And then Nolan was like, what's going on, Art? And it was just, I was sitting there the whole time watching that conversation kind of like tense, like, is Art about to die? Is Art about to die? And, right. you know, he, he, he tells Nolan, he's like, you know, no, I'm just tired. There's, there's just a lot of things going on. I got a lot of orders to do for next week. And, you know, Nolan gets a little contemplative. And like you said, he said, it's funny how quickly things can fall apart. One day, it seems like you have all the time in the world. And then the next, it's gone. And I was like, and then he, he does this side eye over to Art. And I was like... Art, run. That's all I was thinking was like, run. This is it. Run for your life, dude. And I mean, Art, you know, he finishes his drink and Nolan was like, oh, don't pay me no attention. I just wanted to make sure our partnership was going on strong. And he flicks (laughs) off a bottle cap off the bottle and Art kind of jumps like, 
was like, dude, do you really think he's about to kill you with a bottle cap? And then I was like, I don't know. Could I uh, kill somebody with a bottle cap? Like, I, I don't know. I think, and you know, Nolan says, you know, I just, I just wanted to come by and, you know, make sure our partnership was still strong. And Art's just looking at him. And then that's it for the scene. So I kind of, I tell you, I breathed a sigh of relief. I was like, oh, okay. Art's not going to die. Because I was really, really worried that Art was about to die. Which is funny because this is a character we don't really see that much in this series. But I was genuinely worried for him. Like, no, don't kill him. I like him. He's nice. (laughs) Right. I would love to see a table read with um, J.K. Simmons and Mark Hamill doing this, doing that scene. That'd be freaking awesome. We have two episodes left. What do we need to see besides Mark telling Amber that he's invincible? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's That's amazing. Don't laugh at me, Amber. You know it needs to happen. I need, I need, I, I need to, see, I need to see this whole robot thing come to fruition, like because, oh, yeah, like we said, the there, there's, there's something up. I, got, I need to see, I need to see the, the inevitable conclusion of whatever's getting ready to right, happen. Right, I agree. Because there's, there's something there. I need to see what's up with that. And I, and it's going to be. I mean, it's inevitable that Mark and his dad are probably are going to fight. Um, that should be pretty. That should be pretty dope too. Probably in the last. You think episode, they're gonna but... fight each other, or they're gonna fight together? I don't know. They're definitely gonna fight each other. I think. I think that. I mean, Mark's gonna find out about this. Then, I mean, this is it's gonna be some confusion. But I think. I think the fight. There. I mean, there has to be a fight between them about this because if he once Mark Mark's gonna find out. So once he finds out, it's gonna be like, what the fuck, Dad? Yeah, I. I... I think it's kind of going that way as well too, especially with the fact that now it's kind of like, I think now that Debbie knows the truth and she's confronted Nolan, you know, even though, yeah, he was kind of putting her off. Oh, you're drunk. We'll talk about this tomorrow. He didn't deny what she said. He denied. So I think at this point now, Nolan is going to have a decision to make if he is there for domination, if he is there to take over the earth for the Viltrumites or get it prepared for invasion or whatever the case may be, now you have to decide what about your family? Because Debbie's human, chances are if the Viltrumites are one of these uh, races that feel like, oh, you know, only the, su- only the superpowered can exist or you know if they feel like they're coming to take over the earth and the humans are going to be their slaves or their subjects debbie technically falls into that i don't think that the viltrumites would be like oh you're married to one of us so we'll protect you if if you've sent someone to a planet to dominate i don't think there's any exceptions that they're going to do so I, i don't know i just I think for me, the main important thing, I know that there's going to be a a Nolan and Mark thing. I don't know what shape that's going to take now. I have my suspicions, but I'm not sure. We'll, we'll, We'll see. But again, I think right now for me, the most important thing that they need to resolve is the whole robot thing. I need some clarity. Right. 
Yeah, it, it's it's a weird. <laughs> it is an interesting. Yeah, choice. if they clear that up for me, I think I'll be. Well, I won't say I'll be okay. It all depends on on what they do, and and how they do it. I think either way. I don't know. I think either way, I'm a little squicked out by the whole thing, regardless. So I don't know. We'll see where that goes. But yeah, I, I kind of need some some resolution to that. So they need to do that. And I don't I'm, I'm hoping they don't even wait until the last episode. They need to take care of that next episode. I need y'all to go ahead and, and deal with that so that the finale episode can be whatever the finale episode is going to be. You know, it's season finale. Right. So, you know, it's going to be big. There's going to be some kind of battle. Um especially with all this. I mean, like we said, Cecil took some of the, the parts from DA Sinclair, you know, you know, he's gearing up for something, you know, especially with the way he said, I can't believe that they, you know, they gave you a run for your money like that. Oh, if they can give you a run for your money, I wonder what they can do for your dad. Yeah. We already know that that's coming in, in some way, shape, form or fashion. So I'm ready to see that, but um, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll get our answers in the yeah. next episode, but for now, that's it for our show. You can find us online at www.phantomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and other major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.